looking up the episode title, and then Dave will just tell it to me. 368. Good. <laughs> Let's do my job. And we're going to start in five, four. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. Two, one. My name is David Edrich. And uh, three, uh, 20. Woo. Right, man? 320? Woo! Time to get out of the house before the stoners come home. <laughs> that's what I say. Blaze it. Yeah. Bla- blaze a trail out of there, because that's not your scene, <laughs> man. Oh, how you doing, Did you Dave? Say three, you said 320, then you confused it with 420. No, no. I said 320, because I want to get out before the 420s oh, come I, home. Oh, I got it. I got it. Because that's when they're going to start uh, going. I should have said blaze it in an hour. Yeah. You've never had a roommate roommate. You've always had a person you're in love with roommate, right? <laughs> That's right. Right. Yeah, I That's had right. uh, roommate roommates, and but I've never had a stoner roommate. Mm. Uh, I was replaced by a stoner roommate once. Okay, and that did not go over well. Apparently, I was I, uh, the 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 new the new fellow not as not as great. So they brought you. They they took took you off. They took you and they brought him off the bench. No, what? Uh, yeah, what took the... me off was the uh, was not being able to pay rent, and so uh, <laughs> having to move back in with my folks. Whoops. Yeah, that w- well. That was, uh, one second, I'm going to go get you a towel. Sorry. Okay. That was dumb. Nope. <laughs> Here you go. <clears throat> Thank you. My, uh, oh dear. Let me just say, I'm going to be sticky later on. I say. I will, uh, oh, okay. What's that? I was going to say, I can take care of the floor after. Right? Yeah, I'll do, I'll do a little <laughs> okay, floor thank, while we're waiting. Thank you. <laughs> Don't know how much of this we're editing out. <laughs> None of it. This is so exciting. Who doesn't want to hear us cleaning a floor and wiping cork off one's pants? Oh dear. A little bit there. I uh, yeah, just. A, I think we're good. I, I'm pop dumb apparently. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, so to uh, recreate what happened. Uh, Dave reached for a soda, and as often happens when he does that, because uh, Dave uh, does wild gestures to the show. I do. Uh, he reached for it, knocked the soda over, mm-hmm. but, oh, thanks be to uh, uh, Baby Santa, uh, the, the it was it was sealed. The lid was on. The lid was on, so no problems at all, mm-hmm. until Dave immediately opened it. <laughs> <laughs> After could, seeing it, like hit the yeah, thing, start to fizz. You I, know it'll put a stop to this. Opening it quickly. I thought, I thought that I could. I didn't think it was that bad, so I thought I could just kind of release some of the gas, and then it would be, uh-huh. would be okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Nope. We learned a good lesson in physics. Yeah. See, the problem, the problem is, is that if it's on this side of me, I actually can't see it because it's blocked by the microphone and the, uh, the little wind thing here, whatever right. it is, and so. When I, was trying to, when I try to reach for it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it over here. Okay, you're gonna keep it it'll, on it'll your safe, right side, which is, I'm right-handed anyway, so it makes sense. Very good, it makes sense for me to do that. Whereas if I'm reaching with my left hand, obviously it's just a disaster. You are a very uh, gestury fellow when we do the podcast. I am, aren't I? Yeah. I am. I think I think I was trained in radio, so okay. normally uh, I would have a script in front of me, and so mm. I'd be like holding it and making sure that I'm not rattling papers. Yes, that was the big thing. Was like make sure the papers don't rattle, and then when you uh, have to turn the page. Uh, quietly do it as quietly as possible yeah. so my hands are small and little gestures yeah and you're coming into it like oh, i tell you like <laughs> very tell you. talk radio it's yeah, it's terrible because at least or at least when mary and i do uh 
Stinky Dragon Listening Party. Right. Which is our... What is what? Well, it's our current sort of uh, spinoff podcast that I've been doing with my daughter What if Mary. when I open this, it just exploded <laughs> online, and then you could just like make fun of me for a good five minutes? Um, you, do, you do a new yeah. spinoff podcast. Yeah, so our setup is a little different. Like here at, at Sneaky Dragon, or at uh, Hell Kitty Studios West, Yeah. Um, we have microphone stands where they sit on the table. Right. And so they're kind of out of the way. Whereas at home, I have ones that are, they hang in the air from oh. these sort of articulating arms that go over top of us. Oh, which ra- sounds, radio style. Which sounds nice, except because I am a gesturing sort of person and I'll constantly hit the the microphone arm with my hand or the spring, which is even worse because it goes, trying to talk. And then Mary goes, oh, father. Oh, father. But then Mary, because she is even less trained than I am in in broadcasting takes bites out of the microphone she, she tries to eat it she thinks, she it's, thinks, a she thinks it's a fruit yeah, sometimes she gets fooled she goes there's right. a fruit on a tree i'm just gonna take a bite out of it and then that's a terrible thing so but no she has like she she, she makes notes of the songs mm-hmm. but then when she goes to look at them she just crinkles them like crazy and so i get all these crinkling paper sounds all the time and I'm, i it's hard to edit out things like that yeah you though, can't really edit out the crinkles so uh and a uh, big shout out to chris crinkles uh <laughs> once again uh, little baby Santa. Um, so when you're doing this, uh, has she listened to the songs previously, or does she listen to the first time uh, live on the air? No, I make a I make a, a CDR for her to listen in her car, okay. just so she's familiar a with Curter. Them. CDR Curter. A Curter is that what you call it? Well, CDR. You okay. Why would you pronounce CD and R together? Curter. CDR. Oh, you say the full letters. Yeah. Well, you got a lot of time on your hands, I guess. So some, these... some of us have to like actually say the word. <laughs> All these years. I always wonder what you meant by "cud" when you said you've been listening to a "cud," and I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. "That's weird. What do you? T- what do cows have to do with anything?" Mm-hmm. But she, yeah, so she can listen to it, so she can kind of prepare some thoughts on the songs. But then she listens to them again in studio. Yeah, you both listen to them yeah, again. Listen she to makes them. notes then at that point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh, and then you give uh, some some information about the song, and she yeah. gives a, a strong opinion. That's right. Uh, then you uh, argue with her vehemently. <laughs> uh, it ends in tears. Uh, you know, you're not my real dad. Stomp, 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 slam. Yes. And then she starts playing her own music. You listen to that. Yeah. Uh, judge well, that music. She comes out of her room. Yeah. Because she's hungry. <laughs> You yes. go, uh, how about some pizza? You guys mm. split a pizza. I really like him this going. The uh, the delivery person is listening to some music on their Walkman. Yeah. Because uh, they're an older fella. Yes. Okay. And they go, what do so you got? Like and they put the cassette in. You yeah. play that song. Mm-hmm. Listen to that in lieu of tip. Uh, <laughs> review their song. <laughs> Who doesn't want that to yeah. happen? Alexa, I'm not going to give you money. And give you some judgment about the music you listen to. Right. Wow, that sounds great. And I like that every week it is a surprise party as well. And she doesn't know that you're about to mm-hmm. do it. And then That's you right. just like, you know, whatever she's doing, you just scream surprise. Like, yeah. oh, not again. And then you uh, get into the listening party. That's right. Mary, could you come out to the shop slash studio? I need, to, I need to change the light bulb, but I can't reach it. She comes outside. What now, Dad? Surprise! Locked door. <laughs> We're not leaving till this is done. I think that's also how they do this American life. They mm. fool the correspondents. Yeah. They say, like, we're going to Hawaii. It's like, oh, yeah. that's great. And then you end up in Missouri and you got to do a story <laughs> about a guy that collects, you know, I was going to say light bulbs, but we're already uh, said light bulb related things. You can say that. Yeah. Because. I haven't listened to This American Life in a while. Oh, so is that right? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> if it was about light bulbs or not. Yeah. yeah. Last but- time I listened to the show... Uh, a friend of mine was on it, and uh, he was on a plane with uh, um, what's what's his name, uh, Ira Glass. Ira Glass. Yeah. Ira Glass. Yeah. Ira Glass. Uh, <laughs> wait, as, wait a second. As wait a second. You like to say. Wait it. a second. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. I it made it say. very hard for him to fly for a number of years, calling himself IRA Glass. Um, but my friend had those uh, devices uh, that uh, jam the uh, the tray so that the person in front of you cannot lean backwards, so that you get your leg room. What? Are you familiar with this? No. You, uh, it's a device, and you put it in the tray yeah. under the tray, yeah. and uh, it jams the seat. So if the person in front of you tries to lean back, they can't. Oh, so you get leg room yeah. for the trip. Yeah. And uh, it was talking a little bit about the ethics of that. Hmm. It doesn't seem very fair to the person to, in front of you. Yeah, and yet we live in a world where leaning back is kind of a jerk move at this point because there's so little space in the seat. Like, it made sense back in the day when there was space. That's true. But now there's no space. Yeah. But I understand the technology is there for, for leaning back. Yeah. But even though the technology is there, probably you shouldn't lean back. Does it make you that much more comfortable to lean back like that two inches and take the two inches away from the person behind you? And then and mess up their TV if they have a TV that they're looking at and they're now looking at it mm. at a weird angle and, <laughs> and now they can't reach their yeah. uh, food. Ugh. No, that doesn't seem very fair. But then I'm, I'm a tall person, so I, I, really, do, I really do dislike the, the seat going back. But, oh, okay, good. I but I've never talked to anyone and said, please don't put your seat back. No, but this way you could actually just like jam it. I guess. I don't know. I mean, it feels kind of jerky both ways. One way you're being a jerk because you're leaning back in the seat. The other way you're being a jerk because you're Well, let's just say that the airline <laughs> are the biggest jerks for oh. taking up that valuable space. Mega jerks. Yeah, they want I mean, they want to make their money, but yeah. at the cost of uh my uh my legs. Yes, but well, how about how about they charge uh tall people less? How how's that oh. sound? Because because <laughs> weird to me. if you're a, if you're a smaller person, yeah. if you're a smaller person, yeah. you have a more comfortable ride. Oh, for sure. So how about you pay a little more? Because you're having a nicer ride than a person who's a big person who's like you know doesn't got their like my shoulders are jamming right into the person next to me. Doesn't sound. It's fair. like this is uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I should not have to pay as much as uh, Tiny Tim who's next to me, who's uh, just enjoying the ride and just going wee, yeah. having a good time. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my opinion. But once it wouldn't be fair. It wouldn't be very fair to do it that way. As a tall person, you don't feel it would be fair. No, because you're, then you are um, you're doing that thing that people shouldn't do. Uh, Making fun of short people. They call it Randy <laughs> Newmaning. <laughs> they got no reason to live. They sure they do. They got all that leg room. They got a reason that... to travel. If I was small, wow. if I was a really small person, I'm gonna I would Randy travel right so much. Yep. What a beautiful world it would be. If you were small, you'd travel more. Oh, you just get you just every seat would be a luxury seat, and every meal you get yeah. would be a feast because mm. you're so small. Yeah, you know, one grape would just fill you up. <laughs> that would just be like a watermelon to you. Yeah, oh, so good. Oh, that's small. Really small. Okay. I'm talking small. <laughs> you are talking small. Yeah. Now, it's hard to get into the seat. Like downsizing okay. small? Mm, oh, well, no. Mm, actually, better movie than I expected. Uh, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed that movie, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. I like the director, so. No, not, maybe not downsizing small. You don't want to be Ant-Man small. You don't want to be yeah. the Adam small. No. Okay. You want to just be like a, a good small person. Like, a, how about this? Like a Peter Dinklage. Mm. Boy, that guy must have a great time traveling. First of all, he's in first class anyway. Yeah. But it's like he's in double first class. Because that seat is huge. So good. And then everyone loves him because he's Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Oh, that's great. The art house people going, hey, I love the station agent. The nerds going, I loved you in Infinity War and uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, that's got to go. And some of them, the mm-hmm. more hardcore nerds are going like, and, and to a lesser extent, that X-Men movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. He was in that X-Men movie. Which one? You know, that one that he was in. Yeah. Oh, or, that, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that one. one that, you know, who cares? That one. Jennifer Lawrence wanted to uh, to kill him. 
Sure, whatever that was. It was a thing. Her, and char- then her we, character, but I can't remember. Her yeah, it was a it was a movie. It happened. It was confusing. It made no sense. It didn't really <laughs> link in with the others. If you watch the ones afterwards, it makes no sense. If you watch the ones before it, it makes no sense. They never make any sense to they me. They never. It never looks like they've seen the previous film at all. Yeah, at all. Yeah. You know what we should do? Let's put our, all our eggs in the magneto basket over here. Mm-mm. Like we got a lot of eggs. These are really valuable eggs. Where where should we put them? I know. Let's let Magneto hold them for us. This works every time. He never lets us down. He let us down! Right. I just did an X-Men movie for you guys. You're welcome. Now you don't need to see any of them. You know what? I was just thinking... And by the way, when when does the Beast... Beast. uh, Young Beast, who's a handsome fella. He is. Good looking guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in, uh, what was it? Uh, it, was like, it, was, it was some zombie movie as well where uh, someone yeah. falls in love and he sure. gets a heart back. Sure. Oh, it's so nice. Warm bodies. Warm bodies. There you go. He's are. also in uh, Mad Max Fury, Fury Road. Exactly. He's, yeah. he's swelling good. Sure. And he does an okay job as the beast. I'm not uh, begrudging that guy any beastness. Mm-hmm. But uh, but then at some point, he gets Kelsey Grammer's he's not, voice. He's not very beasty very often. No, he's not, because uh, it doesn't look like they have any money for that, which is weird. <laughs> it it is just feels weird. like, just do it. Yeah. Lord of the Rings didn't go like, you're going to be a hobbit yeah, sometimes, yeah. and then we're going to put on shoes because it's too hard to make up your feet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, just be it all the time. Yeah. Uh, but then, well, when, this, this was the problem, though. Was whatever he went in the yeah. costume, people yelled out, Cookie! So it's just oh, like, he does uh, look like Cookie Monster. look like Cookie Monster, exactly. Uh, what? But why? When does he get uh, Kelsey Grammer's accent? When does he get the? Once <laughs> he get that? When does he turn into Fraser? Does he have that? I don't think Kelsey Grammer has the the Fraser accent playing Beast in the movies. Does he? Well, he's always got the Fraser voice, doesn't he? Does he? No, have I think option? that's a put on voice, isn't it? Oh, okay. He's like Charles Winchester, the actor who plays the character when William, you see him. Uh, well, no, wait, I was gonna say the wrong thing. He's got three names. Uh, that that three David names. Ogden Steers. David Ogden Steers. When you see him, because he's, he's in the Accidental Tourist. All right. The the film. That's the first time I ever saw him outside of MASH doing something. Okay. And he's doing like a kind of a southern accent. And I was like, what? Do you think he's got an accent as a sideshow Bob? But. He does kind of put on an but accent, but, but he's playing a pretentious character there. Pretentious he's playing character. He's playing Fraser writ large. Oh, is that what he's doing? Yeah. Here's a weird question. Sure. Which came first, Fraser or sideshow Bob? The chicken. Ah, there you go. No, the chicken was in Family Guy. That's oh, a character sorry. in that. Uh, I think he does put on a, a bit of an accent as uh, as as Beast in uh, an okay. X Men. I, okay. I think so. You know what? We should turn to our uh, he plays he plays friend, a patrician Beast. We should put, turn to our friend and Fraser expert Nina Matsumoto at some point and ask her about this. Yeah. But uh, I think there was actually a, an article uh, going around today about like where the hell does uh, Kelsey Grammer's accent come from? Chopped salad and scrambled eggs. Right? Nope. Isn't that the song? What is the nope. song called? What does it say? Nope. Not, well, it's things. not that. I'll tell you that much. It's, so, it's, it's toss salad. Oh, toss salad. I'm sorry. And scrambled eggs. Well, it's not that far off. It's a different thing. A chopped salad is its own thing. A chopped salad and a boiled egg is like a, a really delightful thing. That would be perfect in a chopped salad. That would go perfectly. But toss salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> right? <laughs> what? Imagine if you had a breakfast and mm. then like, like, look, first of all, I like going to the... What's duck. a cob salad? Uh, we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, I, can, I can break that down for you. But let me just say, when I go to Dutch Panicic House, I get like an Eggs Benedict and they do sure. have a little salad on the side and I do enjoy that. It's mm. got a nice sharp dressing. It works. Okay. But a, a tossed salad and scrambled egg sounds disgusting. I don't know what you've been drinking that you're trying to bust that hangover down with this thing, but okay. that's just a bad news. What's in a cob salad? Uh, I know what's in a cob salad. I just okay. meant, is it chopped or is it tossed? Because it has egg in it. Right. I'd say it's chopped for the most part. Okay. I've seen I've seen it tossed, 
but I think a traditional one is uh, is is more chopped. But it's not scrambled egg; it's hard boiled egg. Is that is that the difference? Yes, that makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Because you're right. Because warm egg with, <laughs> with lettuce. Mm. Yeah, like mm. a like it, it it works. It works like a hard boiled egg in a salad. Fine, but yeah. if you got scrambled eggs lying on your salad, ugh. right? <laughs> What? It's just a horrible thing. Why'd you this... even put that in my head? Uh, you know what? And listen, <laughs> I, I I really like that people like things that they like. And I know Nina really enjoys Fraser. Yeah. I think the thing that put me off Fraser, though I understand that it's very well written and the performances are excellent. And the guy that plays the brother is like uh, just so good. Uh, Roz is good, too. Everyone's good. Fat, good on him for and all that, being good. Another David, isn't he? Sure. But, uh, but the idea of tossed salad and scrambled eggs throws me off so hard is that, right? that I can't watch the show. You can't watch the show. That's right. It's like if, if if there was a wonderful sitcom and at the very end of it it went licking the road in the summer. I couldn't watch the show because I would think of, of licking the road in the summer and I would be like, that's just so disgusting. I felt I didn't I didn't watch the show regularly, but I stopped enjoying the bits that I watched when Niles left his wife and started dating Daphne. I think that's what happened. Is that the name of the, the Yes, the I believe lady? so, yeah. And that seemed to be like a major shift in the show. I think it was so late in the show, though, that it was like the will oh, they, won't right? they, will they, won't they, uh-huh. will they all come on? You've got to. Or I didn't even you know, want the will just, they, won't they part. I, that's the part I didn't like about it. You didn't like that he had a crush on her and not no. his horrible, horrible wife? No, I enjoyed his horrible, horrible wife. Though you never saw her. That's what's enjoyable about her. Ah. I would like to see a show that's just the invisible characters. Yeah. Miss, Mrs. Clumbo. Not the, not the TV show, Mrs. Clumbo. That's Clumbeau, right. But, uh, 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 Norm's wife. The, the guy across the... Behind the fence on... Uh, well, you do see a bit of his face, so he's kind of a... You do see but they, the top but the of original, his But the original one, you didn't see his face. Right. They kind of they changed. Carlton, your doorman. Carlton, doorman. Even though I know there was an animated version of him, but let's not count that let's as not, canon. No, no, let's not count that as canon. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of other characters that you never... Uh, oh, oh, uh, there was... Uh, oh, no, they did bring bring her in. On Happy Days, uh, Joni had a, had a friend who was like, the racy friend who would like do anything oh, okay. like bad news but then they brought her in like later <laughs> that's, on that's bad. jenny jenny piccolo i think okay something like that and she would okay. like do anything and uh, and then they brought her in it was like no you can't, you can't she's got to be the uh, yeah. there you go she's have to be something that you imagine yes i guess every every parent in charlie brown would also be an on screen right character. I was I was online. I was uh, pitching the idea for a CW show of uh, just their parents, but you don't see the kids, and it's just what their parents are up to, and they're really sexy young parents because they've got young kids. Yeah, yeah. Because all their kids are like, sure, you know, like uh, seven and under, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they they'd be young, they'd be hot. Uh, one guy's like a sexy barber, and I bet he's like, you know, got one of those sexy barber shops. Uh-huh. You know, and that's Charlie Brown's. Yeah, dad. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they don't know where their kids are up to. Occasionally, they'll mention them. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're mm-hmm. very well read. Like Linus's dad is a little bit of a religious guy because sure. he's got to have you know some scripture around. <laughs> okay. uh, Wouldn't know, it be better if he was like a rake? Like if his parents were just like two, two, a couple of like fast livers, you know? But it's well, their son think, who's they, the religious. Do you think? Okay, now they got three kids. One have, kid, oh yeah. one kid's a bit of a religious nut yep. who uh, also uh, worships the great pumpkin. One is a fuss budget. Well, that wait a second. He's just a religious nut. But he sometimes goes for scripture and sometimes makes up his own shit. Like goes okay. off the rails and just makes up a sure, great sure. pumpkin story that he I got think, out of. I nowhere. think that all goes under the same umbrella. But okay. Okay, fair enough. Uh, then you got a fuss budget, bit it's of a crab crabby, apple, crabby fuss budget, crabby yeah. fuss budget. Yeah. Then you've got rerun. Who likes riding bikes with his mom? Okay, we know mom likes to ride a bike because we that's canon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who really wants a dog? But by God, those parents will not give him a dog. 
even though that's the one thing he wants. And dogs can drive a car in this universe. Dogs are amazing. If you don't get a dog in this universe, you're a chump. So what are those parents like? Like, is, is, is one of them a crab? To, is be, one of them? to be fair, there's only one person we know in this universe who has a dog. I'm trying to think if I've seen... Well, the only other dogs We do say they're dogs, but we don't see... They're any, all related to Snoopy. But they don't have owners, apparently. Like One just like, lives in the desert. Yeah, they're all related to Snoopy. They're his cousin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spike. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember what the big one is called. I think like the, the, the girl one is Frenchie or something? Mm. Something like that? You got me. Oh, what's the... Bi- Olaf is the... Oh, okay, uh, is that's the, right. uh, Is his big... That's cousin, right. Yeah. Good, good. Okay, so what's Schroeder's dad like and mom? Are they musically inclined, or is that, was this just out of nowhere? <laughs> or maybe they're rockers. Well, that's quite. I kind of like the idea of like, yeah, like this. I like the idea of the kids is is existing entirely separately from their parents. You know, like they're not influenced by them at all. They just kind of have their own their own lives that are un. You know, so like, you know, Schroeder's dad is like he's a furnace installer. That's his job. You know, he gets up, puts on his, his uniform because that's what they were in those days. Yeah, right. Or a uniform. And he goes to work installing furnaces and he doesn't know anything about music. He might, he likes the odd song, but he doesn't really know anything about music. His son is just this weird. How about Pigpen? Are his parents slobs? Or <laughs> yeah, that, like... would be, that would be best if his parents were slobs too. Okay. I would like that. That's the only way that Pigpen could, could be <laughs> Pigpen. Yeah. Although occasionally he shows up clean. Huh. Maybe 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 he's maybe it is the parents are very OCD and clean everything. It's just like yeah. everything is just amazingly clean. Uh, and in fact, they clean him every morning. Yeah. But then, like you like you see, they cleaned him so much that when he's away from them for seconds, he just turns to filth because his whatever immune system just kicks in and it just yeah. like filths him up. He can't. He's he's too clean and the body rejects it because he's been so clean all his life. At home. Yeah. And the second he leaves the house, it just all goes like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do like that when you see him clean and then like at the end of the four panels, he's back to his... Yeah. And then when people judge him, you're like, he can't help it. Yeah. There's nothing he can do. He just <laughs> attracts filth. Well, apparently, he, yeah. According to according to canon or or lore, he, he, is, he is just uh, a natural dirt magnet. Now, would you say that he smells bad or is he just straight dirt? No, he's just dirty. Just dirty. Yeah. Like a kid dirty. Kid dirty, like playing around in, in you know, in sandbox or mud or whatever dirty, yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting if like one of the other kids at one point just gets dirty and everyone thinks they're pig pen. <laughs> they would look, well, yeah, like if, um, well, they all do have kind of different hair and different head shapes. So it's hard to imagine which one of them would Schroeder look like him if he was dirty? Not sure. Well, Charlie Brown probably would. But he doesn't have enough hair. We wouldn't see it because of all the dirt. But you do see Pigpen's hair. Right. It kind of goes sticking up all kind yeah. of crazy. And see, like, Linus couldn't because Linus has a different head shape. Than... Yeah, you're right. Linus has... Someone grabbed Linus with the tongs when he was being born. <laughs> he was a breech birth or and something. The, yeah. and, the, and the same thing with Rerun. Same oh, is that right? Rerun, yeah. And possibly Lucy. I mean, she's got that big, thick head of hair. That could just be covering up. Sure. Again, she may have the Linus head herself. Yeah, yeah. That is a that is a distinct possibility. Um, yeah, I'm wondering. Uh, the, did the, had the, here's a question, speaking of religion and uh, peanuts, and not the gospel according to peanuts. Yep. Um, do the kids go to church? I Have they ever said, I just came from church, or I was at church? Has Linus ever gone to church? On Sunday, do they go to church? Like Linus, of course, yeah. does the big speech in the in the cartoon. Yeah. Uh, but like, has it ever been referred to ever that any of them have ever been to a church? I know they wouldn't say what church it would be, but you know, I was listening to the pastor, and he said, like, ever. Yeah. 
it's, it seems it's, odd for for a, for a comic that quotes scripture, yeah. like directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is odd, isn't it? It's it's almost as if Schultz is like, well, I don't want to proselytize and have them go to church because that would be, you know. But I'm gonna make the punchline. I'm gonna make a big quote from scripture. Yeah, it is odd. Yeah, it is very odd. It's a strange, and I mean, maybe it seems weirder to us from where we are when we're in a time when people aren't as biblical, aren't as like as lit, you know, biblically literate as they were in the past, mm-hmm. when you know biblical references were pretty common and people understood what people were saying because they it was a sh- shared language. Right. And we've kind of we've kind of lost that. Now. I'd have to. I had to memorize some stuff because of catechism, but that's the only reason that I would know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this in the past, but just things like like when we went to the dentist office when we were kids. Like when I went to the dentist office, there were religious books in the dentist office, like illustrated books. That you just page through and it would have like, you know, I wouldn't read them, but I would look at the pictures because they were nice pictures of lions laying down with lambs and, mm. and you know, Adam and Eve and, and the Tower of Babel. You know, they're exciting pictures. So you knew the stories, even if you didn't go to church, which I didn't. But just growing up in a culture where it was just part of life, you knew the stories at least. So, you you know, you knew all the, you know, you knew all the hits from the Genesis, right? <laughs> so you knew like the Tower of Babel and... And Noah's Ark, just those sort of things like that, you would know. And but nowadays, I think that's gone completely from our culture. Like people, kids nowadays would have no knowledge of any of those sort of things. Not I shouldn't say no knowledge of any of things, but they would just have they would have the kind of working knowledge that we had. They probably know Adam and Eve and some of the you know the main, but a lot of stuff they won't know about. The know? ones you could make a good cartoon out of. Like an Adam and Eve, you can make a cartoon out yeah. of. Yeah, Noah, you yeah. can definitely make a cartoon. That's out right. Of. That's right. And they. And those kind of those are like the ones that are continue, but a lot of other stuff has disappeared from us. Someone went, "Oh, Absalom! Oh, Absalom!" We're, we don't know what, what that refers to. Who what they're I, talking I, about? I don't at all. Know Me what neither. I can't even remember what it's about. But you know, those are I references. Thought it was a type of vodka. <laughs> oh, absolute! Oh, absolute! I turned you off phone mm-hmm. it's telling me that stinky dragon's going to start soon. <laughs> doesn't know. It doesn't. It doesn't know. It doesn't know what's going on. So. Yeah, it's just interesting to me. I have a, I have a book at home by Northrop Fry, and I've not read it yet. But it's, I think it's called something like the Great Code, and he's just talking about the, like how the Bible, talking about the Bible and how it's it's such a common language throughout history, you know, in Western literature and stuff like that. How much it's used by by writers and stuff like that. It, you know, examples are drawn from and stories are used and things like that. And that's you know. And now, yeah, it's just inter- it's just curious how it changed. I remember going to uh, Vancouver Museum for a. Um, I, I'm sure I talked about this in the show, just because I, I always find it fascinating. We went to see this display of this kind of famous shoe company that started here in Vancouver, Fox and Fluvok. Um, and so it was like a history talked about how this, you know, how the store started, and, or you know, how they started their store and. Et cetera, et cetera. But the thing that I found like this kind of made me stop when I was and just marvel was that these two guys who went into the shoe business together, designing you know these sort of fashionable shoes for for hipsters and whatnot, is they met at church as young mm. men, and that's that was their starting point. And the guy they one of the guys they hired to because uh, they started off at making clogs because clogs were super popular and easy to make. And so they hired this guy from Toronto who was a really well-known and really skilled clog maker. And he came, but he had been part of this Christian commune there mm. in Toronto. And so when he came here, he insisted on putting biblical script or, or, or quotes into the 
the soles of these shoes when he was making them. I was just thinking, what kind of world would this, you know, this, it's so alien to us now, the idea that people would be that way, you know what I mean? Like it would just be common currency. trying to save the shoes' soles. There you go. But it was this common currency, you know, and no one went, what, why are we doing this? Or, you know, or is, is it weird that we met in church and now we're making shoes together? Like it just seems... Like, it's just so different. That's where know? in the community you'd meet. Where, yeah. where else would you meet? School, For sure. School, possibly, For and sure. church. And yeah, yeah. Where else? Yeah. Town hall meeting? Like, what do you, where, do you, where do you gather? Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, but because it's now long, no longer a common currency, it just seems weird when you come, up, come upon it, something from the past. Where do, you, where do you meet people? Well, everyone that I know in my life, um, everyone that I know in, well, I shouldn't really say that. I meet people wherever I wherever I am, I right. guess. But I meet people in in places where I, where my interests are. How's that sound? Okay. So if the friends that I have now, I met. You know, I met David M because we he did music and I liked his music, and so I made a you know I made a point of meeting him so we could interview him. And then once I knew him, I made a point of being friends with him because mm-hmm. I, I liked him. I met another friend named Ian because he worked in a bookstore, worked in a used bookstore, and I found him really interesting. And so I would just go there and hang out and talk to him. I met another friend because I was sitting in the library reading a book about Buster Keaton, and he came up and said he was also a fan, and he had he had um, um, a Buster Keaton films on video, and would I like to see them? Which seems really weird now that I say that because I didn't know him at all. He just approached me in the library and said, "Do you want to come to my house and watch Buster Keaton films?" And I said, "Yeah, let's go." <laughs> so it seems kind of strange now, doesn't it? But at yeah. the time, you never I didn't think that it was weird. Yeah, it just and seemed about, like about what year was that? Bit of an about eighty. Five? That's a good murdery time Eight. of year. That was a time in history. Yeah, that's a good time for people to be lured away and killed. He was around my age though, so it didn't seem like it didn't seem like that was a situation. But who knows? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you could walk into a bad situation, obviously. But but yes, it'd be interesting. Like it feels like uh, nowadays, it'd be like I've got these uh, tapes. You go like, oh, okay, bring them to the library. We'll watch yeah. them here because this is where you watch such things, <laughs> right? Or like a, a DVD I guess. or whatever. Like I guess. there's a room. Probably we could go and watch that there. Yeah, for safety. yeah. That's interesting. Okay, if a guy came up to you now mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, I've got this film," like just came up to you, mm-hmm. would you go with them to their place now and watch a film? Well, I didn't leave the library and go with him. Like he gave me his address and I came to his place. But um. Would I do that? Would you do that now? Similar situation. How about this? How about um, you're at a con? Yeah. Okay. Uh, people know that you like Marx Brothers, and someone comes okay. up and goes, "Dave, yeah. I've got a tape of, or I've got a video of some live footage or whatever yeah, of yeah. the Marx Brothers that you, that you haven't seen. It's just amazing. Uh, here's where I live. Uh, come over to my place, and uh, we'll watch it. Would you? Probably. You would go. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully you tell people I know that you're going first. It's am- it's amazing that I'm still alive. No, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's with my with my gullibility. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. If it was something that sounded interesting to me, it, it, some, it was some, if it was something that I really wanted to see, and I mean, it wasn't just he had Mark's brother, or not that he had Mark's brother. He had Buster Keaton. He had Harry Langdon. Yeah. Because by, by the way, you know. I had a similar offer from someone, and I brought you along for safety. Yes, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. But that was a bit different because that that gentleman yeah. was much older than us. Okay. And so there was a different sort of situation like this. Right. And I thought it was on the up was and up, age. but it was like, why not bring yeah, someone yeah. for safety, I a little understand. backup? I understand. Yeah. But yeah, this in this case, the person was the same age as me. So I just felt like we were people who had ch- common interests. Sure. And, you know, when you find someone, when you like something as weird as Buster Keaton, 
when you're 19 years old. And in the 80s, it was a little weird to like busk. Sure. It wasn't really, the revival wasn't there. The, the, no, the thought, that's you true. Know. Exactly right. There was no revival and there was no easy way to see You haven't the seen movies. Benny and June and seen yeah. a young Johnny Depp <laughs> say the stupidest thing I've ever seen, which oh, was... This? He was this. He was acting like Buster Keaton. He was dressing like Buster Keaton, yeah. you know, and like because he wants to be the next Buster Keaton. Well, this isn't the next Buster Keaton. You're a Buster Keaton impersonator. That's uh, not the next Buster Keaton. Yeah. So if your goal is to be the next Buster Keaton, mm-hmm. you fucked up. <laughs> There's this, in no way is yeah. an Elvis impersonator the next Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's a good you point. Know, there you go. Now you're just recreating Buster Keaton things. Yeah. That was a thing back when the, the old handsome boys, like a Johnny Depp or a Robert Downey Jr., it's like, I got to be a chaplain. I got to be a bus. I got to show you that I can uh, do this. It felt like a kind of rite of passage back then in film to uh, to be able to recreate the mm-hmm. uh, stunts of yesteryear. Sure. Donald O'Connor did it as well because he played Buster Keaton in the Buster Keaton story. That's How is that? Terrible. Mm, what makes it terrible? It's... Well, it's the thing we talked about before, where you, when you make a biopic, yeah. you have to make it terrible. Yeah. So there's a scene in it with Peter Lorre playing the director, and he's like, you know, you're finished, Keaton. Sound movies have destroyed you, or whatever, you know, and and which isn't true at all. Like, Buster Keaton had more success as a sound actor than he had as a silent film comedian. Mm. The movies aren't as good, but because they were MGM films, they were incredibly successful movies mm. that he did for a while. And then they started going downhill because MGM does not know how to do comedy and always kills comics careers. You know, as we saw doing full marks, we could see like the sort of wind down of, of quality in the films because they don't understand comedy. They understand spectacle and extravaganza. And those two words do not work in comedy. Yeah. I do appreciate uh, the idea of like Peter Lorre really browbeating somebody. <laughs> that, that'd be yeah. great. I, I would love to see him just like, you know, say yeah. to you, David, then yeah. we're the podcasting. It's over. <laughs> it's over, David. <laughs> You're right. It is over. No more podcasting. It's get out. Get out of podcasting. Get out of here, Keaton. It's all vlogs now, David. It- yeah, and it was and bad Peter Lorre impressions. That was harder to do than I thought. I thought a Peter Lorre impression was easy getting into it, but it's like a John Wayne. Once yeah. you get past the Pilgrim, yeah, yeah. you're uh, you're, you're on loose ground. <laughs> no, Reek, 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 Reek! Don't turn me in, Reek. <laughs> don't do a podcast, Reek. The Nazis will find you. <laughs> oh, you're yeah. coming on my podcast because if you don't, you'll regret it. <laughs> Actually, the Buster Keaton story is written by Sidney Sheldon, the uh, mm. author of many, many pot boilers, uh, pot boiling novels of of, the, of his day, and yeah, it's just a, uh, it's just not good. And I, I really wanted to see because I like Donald Donald O'Connor. He's a sure. very good physical comedian. He's really great, like in Singing in the Rain. Yeah, his make him laugh sequences. This is great. one of the best things ever. Yeah, it's a great example of a physical comedy. It's the best thing in one of the best movies. Yeah, and then you put that, but. Then you put him to some movie that is a lie from start to start to finish, you know. And part of the problem is, of course, is the people the people who really fucked over Buster Keaton were super powerful Hollywood people, mm. super powerful, like MGM owner powerful. And you didn't want to screw those guys, so you just gloss over that part of the story. You will not mention. Was it uh, Goldwyn Meyer or Metro? No, it was because uh, the money man for for um. Was it the lion? Was a lion. <laughs> he he had the money. Oh, that'd be fantastic! You he walk the into lion the share. office. Yeah, you walk into the office of Metro Golden Meyer, and the lion's like in a suit, and he's behind the desk, and I'm like, Rawr. I'm like, oh, you got to pitch to him. This is hard. And then and then, but then he had to, had to be removed because you know what they found him doing, Dave? Mm. You know what he found him doing? 
lion with the lion with the lamb. Oh, well. <laughs> and that's just not cool. Not at all. No, you can't get a job that way. Back in the day, you could. Back in the biblical days, they were cool. Oh, with sure, that. that's fine. But nowadays, yeah, yeah. Ba, ba too. Yeah. Well, no, it's the. I was going to go with the U two. Oh, that's better. <laughs> Darn it all. Edit it so it makes uh, more yeah, sense. Oh, I'll, I'll fix it in post. Rawr, what's the big rawr, rawr, deal? Rawr, rawr. rawr. Uh, where am I supposed to meet someone? Rawr, 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 rawr. <laughs> rawr. Yeah, Buster Keaton. He like he worked for. Like, it's just one of those. It's just one of those stories where. You know, it's easy to think in terms of like like highlights. So you just ignore the fact. You know, like Buster Keaton be- became alcoholic. Oh, so he must have not worked for years because he was drinking. Oh no, he just kept on working. Yeah. He just wasn't quite as good because his timing was off because he was drunk. So he couldn't do the great stunts that he did when he was younger because he, when he was older and also he was uncoordinated the same way that his dad was, which is why he broke up the act because his dad could no longer do the act safely. Because he was an alcoholic, so Buster Keaton broke up the act then. When when he was a kid, when, yeah, when, when he was being a, thrown into when, the audience as a heckler. Yeah, he was, you know, in his late teens or early twenties, and he just said, "Well, that's enough of this." Would you say Buster Keaton's your favorite comedic performer? If you were to rank, I don't rank, but if you do rank, <laughs> would you say like, you know, hmm, probably, I would think so. He's someone I admire a lot. As someone who always, as a kid, always dreamed of, before I knew who Buster Keaton was, but I always dreamed of like. Doing stunts, like being a stuntman mm-hmm. sort of thing. But then I saw Hooper and that just changed it all for me. I just I thought I don't want naked ladies showing me out of cakes. Screw this job. No, it's <laughs> not why. But uh no, I always like I always like the idea of, you know, I I practiced as a kid falling down and, and I could do like incredible falls and and you know, just you know and I liked play fighting and things like that. Not real fighting, but just play fighting with a lot Did of Did you think that uh, being a stunt person was an option? Was that ever presented? No, as no, I never thought it was an actual thing a person could do. It's weird because as you probably would have been about the right age to do it if you were interested in doing that. I'm talking about when I was little, like when I was in grade three. Yeah, and but I remember like in high school, you would uh, you would hurt yourself for a laugh. Like you would just throw yourself down the hallway, like do a big run and then like, whoa, and then just like really without a lot of protection. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not that now I'm going to land on this arm so that I don't hurt myself. Mm-hmm. It was like I'm going to land hard and just flip like a motherfucker. I never hurt myself though. I understand because that. I knew how to fall, and you were young. Because I spent, you had a young man's body well, that could take me, that could take it like a starfish. Let me just tell you, yesterday at work, yeah, just for a gag, yeah, I went running into one of the areas where someone was counting these long plastic strips on the ground, of which I promptly stumbled over one, mm-hmm. stumbled over the next one, went down on my hands and knees, rolled over a bunch of them, and came to a crash and said, "Who put these here?" Because I did it intentionally, yeah, just for a l- laugh. Were people I, concerned as you were falling? Yes, they of course thought I was being serious. <laughs> I do it all the time, of course. There's some people who work who know me, and now they just ignore it. Now, are you trying to fall correctly, or are you just going, let the chips fall where they may, I'll be fine? I know how to take a fall still. Okay. I know how to land. I know where the shoulder should go first. And Yeah. And, you know to hit the ground with a slap. You know uh, <laughs> you know that, right? I never hit it with a slap. No, I always, I always land, uh, um, I always roll over my shoulder. So okay. The, what I what I learned for for falling when I was in like whatever stunt fighting okay. or whatever is you land with a you land with a slap first it's a good sound sure but also you know it distributes you know it, mm-hmm. it takes it takes the impact away okay uh, hurts your hand your hand yeah, hurts see, I don't like that sound your hands yeah. uh, not having fun mm-hmm. but it's better than uh, the rest of you uh, the rest of you falling interesting yeah no I find for me I prefer to stumble 
tuck and then land on my shoulder and flip over myself. Okay. And I find that I never I never hurt myself that way. Would you be interested in being a stunt person now? I feel like I am too old for stunts. Well, this is the thing, though. It's like there are people who are older people <laughs> who need to be doubled. I guess. You know, and when you cut to a super young guy going, wee! <laughs> my, my, uh, As we saw in Marx Brothers, the big story. Yes. I mean, I, I went to uh, high school with a woman named Kathy who is uh, one of the best stunt people around, wow. an amazing judo champion, and she still to this day does a lot of like motorcycle stunts and wow. a lot of physical stuff, and cool. yeah, she's a real good uh, take-a-puncher, roll-down-a-hiller. <laughs> like, if, if it is like take-a-punch and fall off a cliff, she'll, yeah. she's, she's great. Yeah. Occasionally, you'll see a picture of her in the hospital, and she'll be like, I'm doing fine, and like, all right, and then she'll be, then she'll be back to it. Wow. But yeah. She's uh, pretty remarkable. She was like the judo champion of Canada a couple of times at like the Pan Am Games and and other things. Yeah, I was watching um, a lady stunt or a stunt woman talking about her job on uh, like a YouTube video, like one of those sort of Vanity Fair sort of things, whatever, where they just talk to a person and they. But yeah, it was very interesting because she was showing like images of her. Um, she was doing stunts for I think it was one of those. Uh, she do, she she often does Kate Beckinsale. Oh, okay. She'll she'll double for her. And so there's a scene where Kate Beckinsale is goes down an elevator shaft or something and she lands on her back bent over a spike. Ooh. Yeah. That's what I thought. And they she this lady did it. Mm-hmm. It looked very painful still to me. I, th- right. I just thought, ouch. Pretty sure the spike wasn't there. Or the spike was rubber. It was yeah, yeah. The yeah, spike was like... but it's still there. Like even if it's rubber, it's still, still okay. hurt it you. could also be CGI spike. You could put a spike mm-hmm. in later. There's mm-hmm. no real reason to have yeah. it. Yeah. By the way, sorry, I was just gonna say about Kathy when uh, when 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 I knew her in high school, uh if I've if I visited her at uh, at her place, I think you would have liked this. Like her whole basement. Yeah. You know, like we all had basements because you yes. know you do, you live in the suburb. Basement. Yeah. Imagine your basement, basically the same size. Sure. Uh, all covered in uh, a pl- like uh, like padding. Oh. It's all padding. Yeah, blue padding. Yeah, because she would do her judo stuff and take falls down there. Okay, so you could just like run down the stairs and go. What you just do a dive <laughs> into, and it looks crazy because you can't quite see what's coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it looks like you're just a mad person that just jumped into oblivion. But yeah, it's great, and you just roll around. And at any point while you're in the basement watching a show or doing something or what have you, you can just go. Ah, they just fall on the ground. I mean, there wasn't TV down there, so yeah. you couldn't do that. We could read a book down there and then just go, I'm bored. I'm going to just do a somersault in the air and just land on my back. Ah, fun. You would have liked uh, that basement a lot, I think. I do enjoy it. The other day, uh, or a couple weeks ago, someone left our, one of our outside doors partway down below my head level down. Mm-hmm. So I pretended that I didn't know it was down and I was running towards it with my look, talking to the person who was watching me. Then I turned and then I hit my face into the door and fell onto the ground. I didn't really hit my face into the door, by the way. Right. You use your hand, but people can't see it because it happens so quickly. So you use your hand to hit the door. You throw your head back and then you go crashing to the ground. And everyone thinks, oh my God, <laughs> what an idiot. But then you just get up and go, I'm fine. Just joking. That makes me think of, here's here's my idea for a little cartoon. Sure. So it's Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. And he's uh, he's in the first, you know, whatever temple that he's in in the first movie. And he uh, slides underneath the, the door as it's coming down. Yeah. And the door's coming down and he loses his hat. Yeah. And you he, and he, and he cut to him outside of it. And he's reaching in and he pulls out. And it's the wrong hat. It's a Kaiser hat. I was like, <laughs> oh, damn it. Then he reaches in again and yeah. it's like a lady's hat. Yeah. It's like, son of a bitch. And then he just reaches it again. And then we cut to, it's him. And he's wearing a lady's hat with one arm. <laughs> <laughs> they're asking did you get the statue yeah. yeah i got the statue and about the i got the statue that's all we need to talk about i got the statue but a beautiful lady's hat with feathers yep 
Nice. Yeah. That's Anyone wants to animate that, you go for it. They could just draw it as a cartoon. Yeah, I guess so. I'm used to one panelers now. Well, multi-panel. Jeez. <laughs> so much so work. Much work. <laughs> so much work. I can't even I can't even tell you. No, 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 sir. <laughs> that is at least one hundred percent more work than uh, mm-hmm. I'm used to. We uh this morning uh here, uh yep. we were just actually watching footage of it on the news. Uh it was windstorm again in in uh, in, in Vancouver. Yeah. How about uh, how about near neck of the woods? Was oh yes, all? our power is out at home. Oh, is it is yeah. it out? Yeah. It's gone. Okay. It is out. Is and it that, still out? Yep. Oh geez, okay. It'll be out for some time. I was, I think there's like over 200 power outages in the Lower Mainland. Today. Right, that's a lot, and so we're we're rather low on the totem pole because <laughs> we're a rural area. Right, because the totem poles have like now fallen over and smashed into the house. That's exactly right. right. And also we're a rural area, so they right. don't they don't care about us. One time we had a a crow fly into a a transformer box on a on a telephone pole near our house. Okay, first of all, that's good luck. Is it? <laughs> I guess we'll tell the crow that. No. And anything awful happens to a bird, bless it. I always say it's, that's good luck because I always think it's so dumb when people say bird shit on you. Ah, it's good luck, is it? In comparison, I'm sorry about the crow. Wow, well, this and, and the power box. He did it to himself. Uh, so the power went out. I regret nothing. It was out for three days. Oh, and everyone in the neighborhood kept calling. Oh, kept calling our po- the po- the power company, saying, yeah. "You know, we have no power, and we're running out of." Our food food thawing, right. and so and they were all in mourning for the bird. Yes, yeah, Old black armband. They're made yes, of feathers. They're, they're just they're just all in black. All right, just throwing baloney on the lawn in tribute. <laughs> <laughs> and um, baloney, I'll say. But they did come and fix it. But the reason they came and fixed it is because there was apparently a battery on our street that was running out of power, and it was it was a Shaw a cable company bat- battery that was used as a backup, mm. and it was starting to run out of power. And so they made the power company come in and wow. repair. So thank goodness for that battery sitting in the ground. I didn't know it was there. I was surprised when I heard that. Yeah, I know. It's weird. So, so yeah, if you live in a cul-de-sac in the middle of nowhere, no so one's what happened? Okay, Because we're in, we're, winter starts tonight. So you're... Officially? Yes. Is it, is it longest night tonight? Uh, tomorrow, was, really. It's the 20th tonight. It's the 21st tomorrow. Oh, okay. So tomorrow yeah. is the solstice. Okay. Um, so you go home. There's no lights. Yeah. Do you uh, the food in your fridge? What are you doing with that? Do you... Oh, we just hope they'll come to. I would stay there. I mean, what can you do with it? Yeah. Like, so you're just uh, you're just out of luck for. Uh, mm-hmm. You're out of luck for I a couple of days. We don't have a generator in the so. winter. Yep. What if... this happened last year? How did how... out for two days last oh year? Oh my gosh, that's awful. Yeah. So you're gonna get up in the morning. Yeah. And not have a not be able to have a shower because it's just uh, cold water. Uh no, it'll. Be warm because we have natural gas for our for our uh, okay water heater, so that will work. Our furnace won't work, even though it's natural gas furnace because it needs the f- the fan to. Yeah, your alarm won't force. go off. Well, I have my phone, so you I have can, your phone as yeah. long as it doesn't run out. As long batteries. as it doesn't run out of battery, yeah. Right? Can you charge your phone in the car? Uh-huh. Okay, so you got a charged phone. That's good. Okay, jeez, I'm sorry you're going through that. Yikes! No, eh. nah, it's not good. That's not great. You know, that's taken all those days. I know. I, 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 there's a couple of people I know here in town as well that their power is, is mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're talking about that. And there's a, in our old neighborhood, a tree went into a house. We yeah. checked. We're, 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 uh, got a big tree next to us, but it was blowing the other direction. So that was nice. That is, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I don't, I like the idea of a tree hitting the house. That's not much fun. And most spectacularly, uh, one of the local beaches, they have a big pier that right. stretches out 
over out to the water and it got it got smashed into by boats and they broke through the pier so right so you're saying that was the uh, cause of that was peer pressure exactly i'm glad we got set you up for that <laughs> <Cheray. That's right. laughs> were you waiting there was, a, there was a kid who was crossing it and like his yeah. friends were like uh you shouldn't cross it and like oh, i'm going to it's like okay. wait no that's reverse peer pressure yeah that's uh, i was gonna say wait this too bad. like peer pressure nah, i couldn't do it you couldn't no but it is weird because i have been on that pier many 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 a time i was just there last week ah so i know do you, do you think you loosened it a bit <laughs> yes because I was, I was in such a bad mood doing i was some, stomping on it and doing some buster keaton bits and i doing fell your, i did uh, famous falls i did do some falls loosening a couple of nails all the time i don't do it for lisa i don't I think she's got had enough of that stuff. Well, you don't want to see your husband like I, damaging himself because if something goes wrong, she's got to take care of you and feed you soup. Yeah. I no longer roll down the stairs, which I used to do <laughs> when the girls were younger. Trudeau style. I would, yeah, do this little. Would rolls. you roll backwards, Trudeau style, or would you roll forwards? I would. I guess I don't. Know. I don't really know. I guess I rolled forwards, but I would roll kind of sideways. I would. I would hit it in a somersault and somersault I, I really hope that when Trudeau yes. uh, is, you know, when he, you know, leaves office, yep. I hope he leaves office by going down the stairs that way. It's like, it mm. had a good run. Yeah. Really appreciate it all. And goodbye. And just like, does a tumble <laughs> backwards down the stairs. Yeah. Like, ah! Yeah. That'd, be, uh, that'd be a great way to go out. Yeah. Why not? You're out of office. You're probably not going to get back in again, so. You know that he knows magic, right? Like, he must. Like, he's the kind of guy that if you take the time. Yeah. To tumble down the stairs. Okay. You've learned how to juggle. One, you've learned how to juggle. Mm. And he, two, he knows a bunch of card tricks. Like, if you asked him, he would know card tricks. Why do you think that? Because if you take the time mm. to learn how to roll down the stairs, yeah. you're the kind of person who would learn a card trick. I think that's more to do with like Because you want to delight ability, people. Though. You want to delight people. So you're going to like learn that. You're going to yeah. learn some weird physical stuff. But I don't know magic. And I, ro- I can roll down the stairs. Why don't you know magic? You should know some magic. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't have the patience for it. I did when I was a kid. I did put on a magic show for my family, but it went over just great. Even though I did this the trick successfully, yeah, I did one where I you know I folded the newspaper into a funnel and I poured milk into it and I disappeared the milk. Yeah, That's I did some good, good tricks. Did some good tricks. And did I had your to, like, mom mind the wasted milk? Maybe that was why. She I was... think you. I think my mom would have been bothered by the waste of milk. <laughs> I don't know. I felt that's part of the trick, though. You have to use milk. Yeah. I can't use, can't use water. That's, no one's impressed by water. Yeah. You got to have a bit of waste to your magic trick. Yeah. I don't even remember how that trick worked now, actually. I just remember that I, I had to fold the newspaper in such a certain way, and I had to, you know, I don't remember. You know what I think you well. could do with that trick? And here's the variation I okay. put on it. All right. Is, oh, yeah. Let's, let's write the letter to my, my grade four self. Here's what I would I would think would be a thing to do yeah. is you take the you take the you know that you make the cone out of the newspaper right yeah. yep. then you take the milk okay and you pour the milk in okay okay now you put it down now normally you think you just like undo the paper and the, it's just the paper yeah here's the twist yeah you open it up there's an ice cream cone in there oh and that'd be great and then you hand the person the ice cream cone mm. and they got a nice delightful ice cream cone it looks like oh you made an ice cream cone out of milk yeah this all makes sense this uh, works for me I don't know if I'd have the skill to to do that bit of sleight of hand to get a it's not ice cream cone in there. I think uh, I think I can think of a way of doing it that wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> no, no, like, there's ways to do it. I just that's the biggest problem when you're a kid, though, is that you that's that's your biggest hurdle to overcome. No, your in biggest your magic. Hur- no, no, your biggest hurdle to overcome. Yeah. is jerk ass audience members who you know <laughs> who all they're doing because yeah. because they know you're not great at this. Yeah, yeah. Have no faith in you, so they're always looking at how you're doing it, yeah. and they want to to figure it out, and then they want to tell you how you did it because they're assholes. 
Right? Yeah, that's part like of the you problem. Want to, you want to have built up enough faith with the audience that they're yeah. like, well, I'm not going to be able to figure this out. And so you can, they can just enjoy the trick, and it's sure. great. Yeah. But like, you know, your uh, sister will always be, yeah, what's this? How do you do? What's under here? What's over there? What's in your uh, shoulder? It's like, fuck off, is what's in my shoulder. Just enjoy the trick, you dink. This sounds very personal. Yeah, and then if, they, if you do fool them, they yep. get mad. Yeah. They don't enjoy the trick. They're no, like, no. well, how'd you do it? Yeah, yeah. How'd you do it? That's part of it. Yeah, and you get that kind of, well, my, I'll just give an imitation of my dad if when, after I do a trick like that, He'd be like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> that's the reaction. Yeah, that's the reaction you get. So you made my interest disappear. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, just reminds me of a it's, it's a local my comedian, best magic trick, Peter Kalamis, who's also in Stargate and uh, many other things. Mm-hmm. But he's got a thing about like uh, uh, doing magic in the old timey days. Okay, you know when there was like you know uh, people would like go after uh, witches and whatnot, and so he'd be like the the court magician. And yeah, he'd be like I'd like to show you some tricks, <laughs> some tricks. Okay, <laughs> something up my sleeve. There it is, and here it is. You saw it come out of my sleeve. It was in my sleeve. Yeah. Okay. Think of a number. Okay. Here's what I'm doing. I'm just a trick. Yeah. Just nothing supernatural. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So he goes through all these tricks like that. It's pretty good. It is good. I mean, I was interested in magic, but of course you were. You were a kid. I was a kid. But even as a teenager, I liked it. Like I enjoyed. I enjoyed doing the tricks that Penn and Teller would set up for you. Mm, yes. So I would actually set up the. The, the fake news broadcast. So yeah. They would do, is this your card? So when a friend came over, I'd be ready for this, you know. Hey, I'm do a card trick for you. <laughs> did, did it work? Yeah, it did actually. Because they really show you how to do it. They show you yeah. how to force a card. They really know, they really show you how you can do these magic tricks. I'm trying to think where the graveyard is located. It isn't, it isn't Calif- like in Beverly Hills or in LA. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Is this your card? That would, to me, that seems like really hard to do. But I guess if you did it like over a series, of, a set of days, <laughs> then it'd be all right. Because I mean, the point, the point, of, point of the trick is that you blow the trick. Yeah. Like you, you get they get the card. You know the card obviously because you force them to take it. Right. How you do that, I don't remember now. But you force them to take it. Yeah, it's a. There's a couple of different ways of doing forces. And then yes. you, you know, you shuffle the deck. Then you make a series of blunders where you go, you know, and your card is the six of hearts, and they're like, nope, your card is the da da da, and then you, you just you give up. And with the TV one, after you give up, you go, "All right, well, forget it. I just want, I'm gonna. Oh, I got the show I want you to see. Mm-hmm. You know. So then you turn on the television, and then you start the VC, you start the VCR as if you know it's part of the, the regular TV or whatever. And this worked. My friend was totally surprised. It was actually Rob Repsol who's been on the show. Oh, nice. And yeah, so the ladies doing the news thing, and you're, I, I was sort of pretending to be putting around getting something, and then suddenly in the middle of this so-called news broadcast, she goes, "Is this your card?" What's, you know, and of course, then you're just like, what? How did you? And then he shit his pants. (laughs) So surprised. Think about it. Those sort of things, though, now. set you on fire and burned you as a witch. (laughs) Is you couldn't, you couldn't do the trick now using that. You couldn't use a VCR for one thing. No one, that would, but also it would look so old fashioned. Like at the time, it seemed like an authentic news broadcast. But if you showed it now, 30 years later, it just, everything looks so old. Like, what you would need to do is this. You would need to somehow do something with their phone. Yeah. They would put down their phone. Yeah. And you would like have something on their phone that it would say, is this your card? When the second he yeah. turns it on. Yeah. Second he turns his phone on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be, uh, that would be all right. Um, yeah. Like, it's just weird. Like watching like Monty Python, mm-hmm. when I, because I was rewatching it for a little while. It's, Funny because when I was a kid and watched it, it seemed 
of my time. You know, like the sh- TV shows they were parodying on Monty Python, the parodies on Monty Python looked like TV shows. So it, there was that amount, that sort of authenticity to it. But when I watch it now, I'm like, what are these old-fashioned sets? And, you know, I just, yeah, I don't even remember shows, shows looking like that now. I just, yeah. but they did. I just don't remember it. And so when I watch it now, I'm like, man, these, this show, like, these sets are terrible. <laughs> but that was what it was. Yeah, it was, so it, was, yeah. it was so simple. It was so simple. Speaking of British shows, uh, there's a show called The Fix that's on Netflix right now. That's okay. Jimmy Carr. Okay. And he's, uh, are you familiar with Jimmy Carr, the comedian? Okay. So he's Quite got, a laugh. Right. So he's, uh, he's yeah, he does, ha, ha, But uh, it's one of these panel shows with comedians. Okay. And uh, the whole the idea is, you know, fix something that's a problem. So it's like okay. the internet, and that's the first one. All right. And they have David a, Mitchell's on it all the time. Well, well, no, he's not, because what? this is a North American one. Oh, I see. Or at oh. least it's North American celebrities. Now, here, I, I want to know what the secret is to this. But here's the thing. Is it work? It fucking works. And oh, it's so weird, because I went like, oh, it's not going to work. But it has enough people that uh, I think have been to England okay. uh, that they that they know how to make it work. They at least have mm. one woman who's on a lot of British shows, yeah. even though she's 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 American, yeah. and she's got it. And they like Michael, Rich Hall is on a lot of Michael British, Ian yeah. Black was on it, and he okay. knows what was going on. D.L. Hughley, not that great. But he still, you know, comes to play every so often. I think yeah. Nikki Glaser, who was just like a shameless comedian, who was just like so over the top that it was fine. And it, it, it was charming yeah. how open she was. Yeah. She actually was checking her phone legitimately during the show. And they caught her doing it. And it was like a real nice moment of just like, ah. Uh, but like it shouldn't work to, to, to the point where I wonder if they shoot it in England. Uh, <laughs> and then because the, they, they get the audience reaction right. Yeah. Like I don't know if they, they must goose it up. Mm. But they goose it up in the right way. And like uh, I've seen so many North American shows where they've tried to pull this off and it doesn't work. And this one actually works. And it's like, yeah. oh, how do you? Maybe the rest don't. But the first one actually was like, yeah, you got it. This is actually how you do it. Okay. I'm very curious to see if you can keep this up and who else that they, they have on because it's a very distinct style yeah. of how to do it. But Michael Ian Black especially was very good with, <laughs> with Jimmy Carr. Like he, he was comfortable with being zinged by him. Yeah. And he was comfortable with making... Maybe that's what it is. Maybe British people react better to, to a back and forth than American comics do. Well, I think a... they don't need to win. Yeah. They can be outraged I mean. yeah. and that's fine. It's like, yeah. how dare you? Yeah, you know, yeah. you could be like... You know Richard Ayoade, yeah, you know, yeah. who's like just you know uh, very uh, good at that, yeah. affronted by yeah. uh, things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they don't have to win. Mm-hmm. So, but like a North American uh, thing, it seems like win. We're in a battle. It's yeah, like no, yeah. you're not. Yes. No, you're not. <laughs> you're win. just in a conversation yeah. Yeah. Uh, where you can be a little mean with each other, and you can take it, yeah. and that's fine, and yeah. you don't lose anything by taking it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think America gets that, but this this group. Uh, we're, we're all right at. Mm. Yeah, then Nikki Glazer, I think she's like a roast comedian. Does a lot of roasting. Kind yeah, of in this case, she goes after herself okay. for the most part, and it uh, it works. Yeah, because it yeah. seems it seems sincere and it's shocking mm. and and quite good. So I'd say I'd, I'd recommend like seeing the first one. Okay, the yeah. fix. The fix. It's called. So everyone just so Ian has told us the fix is in. Ba boom. Uh, I watched the new uh, Sabrina. Have you seen the new Sabrina? I haven't had time. You know what? I'm. A, I, I. I was thinking about something we were talking about before, uh, and I think uh, here's. Uh, you know, it's like why would the kids go with Satan in this universe? Mm. Uh, I. I think I'd go with Satan in this universe. Is that right? If I was in Sabrina's universe, yeah, I would probably go with getting the powers from the devil. Yeah, 
because everything is so fucked up in this universe <laughs> that that might be your best shot. Best shot of just getting through it. You're getting through it. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, because they introduced something in the, in the series that I went like, well, fuck off then with everything then, <laughs> uh, which was, she goes to limbo at a certain point. Did you see yes, that one? Yes, I saw that one. Right. So, and they, and they just like casually go, oh, that's where unbaptized babies go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is a world where <laughs> if you're a baby yeah. and you don't have a chance to be baptized, yeah. You're going into this like forest of the damned, yeah. a mist forest, this fo- misty, foggy forest. So are, the, are they the babies yeah. just like lying on the floor, just crying? Yeah, I guess is that so. what's going on. Yeah. Okay, great. By the way, there's also a creature called a soul eater that's there yeah. that's wandering around that will eat your soul. Mm. Well, then that's not limbo. That's yeah. worse than hell. Yeah, because hell at least you're going to be around forever, even sure. though you're tortured. This thing's going to eat you. Here's the thing that you don't understand though. What's that? All the babies can get into the limbo stick. <laughs> They're not there very long. Oh, that'd be good if there wasn't very flexible. to get into heaven. They're very and flexible. Just, like, works, yeah, works yeah. This way out. But if, if if the universe is set up that, like, listen, uh, baptized yeah. babies go there. And also people who are just like, yeah, on the fence, have to be chased by a monster <laughs> that's going to eat them forever. Yeah. Well, then fuck everything. Yeah. Give me the powers. The I'm going fence. to, I'm going to, and they have yeah. to walk around this stupid woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, then give me the powers and I'm going to try and fight Satan at some point because this is dumb. This is dumb. Yeah. It's the only. It's the only way around it. Yeah. Uh, you know, God's think, a jerk. I think the show show established this. Yeah, but but I mean, there's no God in this universe as well, is there? They don't really talk about that. Well, why is uh, the devil putting unbaptized babies in limbo? What's uh, you I care? Don't, I don't know what his, who's who's sticking them there. I don't know what his deal is. I like just, for all this, he's really bad at PR, and they always call it. It's the Catholic Church they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The false church. Yeah. But yeah. for the false church, they were on the money about everything. That whole yeah. unbaptized babies thing, <laughs> bang on, Catholic Church. You're right, absolutely. Yes, you're you're on the money. There's no that thing you created. Sorry, every other religion yeah. wrong. This was right. It's so weird. It is so weird. So so the unbaptized babies go there. Yeah. So does that mean everybody of every other religion is in here? Probably is there. Yeah, because that's the thing, and that's the false church. Wait, no, they don't go there. They go to hell. You're in the first circle of hell. You're not in the lowest circle. You're in like you're in like easy living right. for a circle of hell. If you are are Muslim, Muslim, yeah. If you do, if you aren't baptized in the Catholic Church, then and you're a good person, yeah. You just go to the first circle, right? So that's you should go to hell. So you still go to hell. Yeah, you go. To but hell. it's a comfortable hell. Yeah, you meet Gandhi. It's not the uncomfortable. You see Gandhi down there, and he goes, "Oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> what, what are you gonna do? I, I thought, Oopsie doodle. Yeah, that's my that's that's on me, I guess." Sure. Here you go. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. So uh, so basically the universe is fucked. <laughs> so yeah, you might as well get your powers from the devil and then mm-hmm. uh, try and fight him later on because he's just a goat man. Yeah. You know, and he's always like chasing 16-year-old girls. Gross. Uh, so, you know, when he's out on the on the make, yeah. uh, take over hell or something, you know, because that guy's got some issues. Right? Yeah. I guess. And then everyone who's the Boahaha evil early mm. who's like, Yes, we must take your soul, Sabrina. Sign, sign, Sabrina. And then later on it's just like, uh, so I've made you some pie and I'm just hanging around your house and uh yeah, I fixed the gutters. Like well, you're just casual with all these people later and they seem fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's way better. Well, when than, they're doing their job, yeah. it's different than when but they're But when the off. immortal being of eternal yeah. love is like throwing babies in the forest, it's like I'll take the jerk uh who's like coming over and he yeah, seems yeah. like a nice guy at your party and mm-hmm. he seems all right. Yeah. You know, sure he's got the weird fingernails and the stupid cane. But uh, it's an affectation, I guess. It's okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? Could be worse. Could have a face tattoo. Yeah. 
they do a thing in uh i don't want to ruin it but they do the dumbest thing like in a christmas episode they use a quote and they do a thing on the quote that you just go you just tell that they were like so oh this is so clever this is so clever and so edgy (laughs) and you're just like no we could see it coming stop it i could see it coming like christmas and it's like and it just lands kunk like the biggest piece of coal <laughs> and you're just like you know what you guys uh, fuck all of you you're all yeah. you're all terrible the mm-hmm. universe is wrong yeah Ugh, it's too bad because the very first episode was so stylish and interesting it was like oh this looks like an interesting world yeah it looked fun yeah she's dancing around she's doing some magic she's yeah. having a good time she's yeah. in love yeah and it's like nah. can't have fun in this world can't have fun have a good time yeah, yeah. You, you you get rid of you know all the fun characters yeah, I mean, I guess the show is, it's a weird, it's weird in lots of ways, because in both cases to me, yeah, you're, you just can't win. Like, both cases, it just seems like there's there's absolutely nothing good can come out of anything anyone's doing. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of, you're born yeah, to who lose. who am I rooting for? Born to lose. Like, I know that Sabrina is the protagonist, but why uh, why am I liking her? Yeah. Like, what's she done that's nice? Like, yeah. oh, she's uh, she likes her friends. Okay, well, we all like our friends. Yeah. Well, yeah. someone bothered her friends, so she's going after that person. Well, she wants revenge. Yeah. Okay, that's a thing. I guess but, that's nice. That's, that's so. Is it? It, uh, it just um, seems like. And then you had a lot of fun doing the revenge. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a kind of. I don't know if that's like that seems kind of thing like the mob would do as well. They like revenge too. They make you a good guy. Yeah. Like, what if you do? What do you do? That's like, oh, Sabrina's doing her charity work this week. Like, she's not doing. <laughs> Toys for tots. Yeah, yeah. That well, unbaptized tots, yeah. I suppose, because they're going to be thrown into the the pit later on. Oh man, it's uh, I'm not quite sure. Here's the weird thing about Sabrina, though. Uh, I try to think of another TV show that has been remade so many times, and each time is so radically different. Like the original okay. Sabrina was like the animated one that was okay. straight Archie, yeah, hanging yeah. out with Archie okay. and like jokes and songs. Sure. Yeah. Second one is the sitcom. It's just straight Disney sitcom, you know, like I Dream of Genie type sitcom okay. type thing. Uh, quite quite okay. Uh, sure. And then this one, dark as fuck. But like all three <laughs> are Sabrina, with the exception of maybe Batman. I can't think of like another character that they've just gone like so wildly different mm. on. Mm. Except maybe even Archie. Yeah, I guess Archie. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. The, yeah, Riverdale. Yeah, Riverdale and then the cartoon and then there was an Archie... Uh, Back to Riverdale, yeah. uh, a little movie there mm-hmm. where it was kind of a sex farce. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'd like to see. Oh, boy. That'd actually be kind of cool. If someone was a big Riverdale fan to show them back to Riverdale, oh, they would just not like it at all and go, what the hell is this? Oh, that'd be good. To show them, like, <laughs> this is the future. Like, what happened to Jughead? This. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> I like it. There's not There's not that many companies. The interesting thing about Archie is that the company is willing to kind of go go there? You know, they're willing to take chances with their with their properties. Recently, yeah, they've decided to. I mean, yeah. they, they would do stings in the past very rarely, where it'd be like Archie meets the Punisher, but it would be <laughs> so ridiculous that yeah. like, like oh, it's shocking. Yeah. But now it's just like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they know what they want. They're all zombies. But, but okay, most, they're all vampires. Yeah. They're all this. But most companies, you know, they kind of safeguard their characters from harm. You know, they don't want to lose. They don't want the popularity of the character to be diminished by the character being bad or by acting in a way that... And so, you know, there really can't be changes. It's tough because then you end up like Harvey and like, what do you what do? you do? I mean, and there are there's a Harvey cartoon that's out right now that's the Harvey Girls. Um, but, yeah, what do you do? You know, occasionally Casper's out there, but, you know, what are we going to do with hot stuff? I yeah. don't know. Well, yeah. you know, you could do an interesting cartoon with hot stuff, but it would probably be a little, mm, if you wanted to. Yeah. Eh, no, we're going to... 
I got to keep it. And so you don't even have the comics anymore. Yeah, it's interesting. What's what's uh, been fun actually is um, Olivia James, Jane's James, who took over. I think that's her name. Who took over Nancy, the comic strip Nancy? Yes, quite good. Who's doing a, doing a doing a really great job? But she has really changed the tone of the comic strip from what it was. Not only Ernie Bushmiller, who I think the people who took over from Ernie Bushmiller changed the tone of the comic. Jerry a lot. Scott. Um, Jerry Scott was one. Bobby London didn't know. I don't think Bobby London. No, Bobby London did uh, Popeye. Popeye, yeah. Someone else who did did it, and then there was a different guy who was doing it recently. Oh, right, and it was very. Uh, it was, it was very, oh. It was yeah. It was it was very not somber, but it was just like it was. It wasn't somber. Yeah, it was very sentimental. Yeah, and very kind of. It was almost like, it was, you know, it was almost like picture book more than it was yeah. like. Oh, you funny. know what? In the back and the old days, it used to be like this. It was mm-hmm. like very much yeah. that nostalgic. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Unless you're gonna show me a lot of sexy, uh, you know, uh, things of her aunt Fritzy, maybe I'll go with that. <laughs> aunt Fritzy, you know, in the old strip. Used to occasionally uh, have to change her clothes. Yeah, so it'd be like a nice. Or she'd be in a bathing suit. It'd be a nice. Uh, yeah. jo- oh, well, she'd be. Man, she'd be in some lingerie. She'd mm-hmm. be in some all right lingerie. Yeah. But it'd be like uh, Nancy and Slugger are having their uh, jokes yeah. in the front about like Sluggo needs a bath or something, and he doesn't want to have a bath. Okay. And in the background, you see like uh, you know through the window, uh, Aunt Fritzy's taking her top off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is this is interesting. Well, you gotta appeal to everyone. A little something the, for uh, yeah, a little some something. of the dads and some of the moms. Something for something for everyone. Yeah, but I think that that's that's it's fun. There, there, there's a example of a property where they're willing to change over time. Were they willing to take ch- chances? Because sure. there was a lot of outrage when James took over the mm-hmm. the comic strip because she changed it so radically from the person who'd had it before. Because I think people that read the newspaper. Like the newspaper Uh-oh. to Can be get the newspaper. Here. Like you don't want a lot of change in your newspaper. I think like anytime they change things in the newspaper, people for the most part are like, hey, well, yeah, what's this about? Generally change, for, change the font, everyone's going to lose their minds. It's generally for the bad when they change, change newspapers. Well, you read the paper. There's a comfort to reading the paper. And there's a comfort yeah. in the sameness. I mean, yeah. the, the news obviously changes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you want to you want to look in the comics and you want to see a joke that's basically, yeah, I get that. There's Garfield. <laughs> Garfield, Garfielding it up. This is I, all. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. You like Luann, who actually uh, changes and grows and does things and became a radically different character but, in her. Strip. But that's a pretty recent de- development in that strip that the the uh, the artist decided. What the heck? I think they should age up a little bit. Maybe he just felt like he was running out of well, high school. How long ago humor. was it that he did the uh, turned it into a soap opera kind of strip? Because it used to be like a straight gag one where she was like almost a snowman. <laughs> right, well, she was almost a snowman, like it, in it, design. It, yeah, she was much simpler in the in the beginning. And then be- she the became beginning. like a teenage girl. It was much simpler in the beginning, but it still had a it still had a story arc to it. Like it still had like a, a developing story where she was in love with a boy, right? And he was ignoring Aaron her. Hill. Yeah, Aaron Hill, and 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 so those sort of those sort of elements are still in it. It's just that he decided at some point that he wanted the characters to age up. Sure. And so br- her brother Brad. You know, leaves school, gets a job, meets a woman. Becomes less of a jerk. Becomes less of a jerk. He's still kind of a jerk, but he's less of a jerk. Yeah. Because right. they're not living together, so he doesn't really matter. Her brother, uh, Brad, uh, starts uh, dating the sexiest woman alive. Um, Bobby. No, or Tony. Tony, Tony yeah. Daytona. Who's got a uh, boyfriend who's a real jerk. Well, he was abusive. He was abusive. Yeah. Yeah. And Just straight out and out violent. Yeah. And yeah. Black and white violent. Like, no backstory besides. And Brad defended her. There you go. And, and won her heart. And that's how it goes. That was a very good storyline mm-hmm. as well. It was a really good storyline. And they're still together in the comic strip. Are they married? 
there was talk about it, but I think they have postponed it for personal reasons. Okay. And not because they're firefighters. They're both firefighters, yes. Okay. That's how he met her. Is Luann out of high school yet? Yes, she's in uh, college. Okay. She, she, she just got. Is Beatrice still uh, her friend? Beatrice? Is it Beatrice? Who's your nerdy friend? Oh, you put the same Beatrice put her. Uh, I can't remember. Sorry. Okay. The yeah. one who's always like shocked by Luann's shenanigans. Yeah, she wears glasses and uh, yeah, because so she's yeah. a nerd. She's also in college. She's studying to become a therapist. She is a genius because she is a nerd. But uh, Luann just got ninety three percent in her chemistry exam. Just want to point that out because she studied. Okay, and this is what I would say then. She would then do a joke about like a boy she likes to go like, and I wish I had chemistry with him. That would be the joke at the end. No, no, it's this strip uh, because she's friends with this girl named. Oh, wait, you also do this. This is the other oh, joke. It's just like yeah, yeah. I can't get any reaction from him. That'd be mm. the other one. Okay, not she's not really into guys right now. She's friends with a guy. But yeah, they're, they're I'd like, not to, like I'd go out with him tonight, but I'm on my periodic table. <laughs> She's not really into guys no, right that now. That would be it. No. Nah, I don't feel comfortable with she that was, joke at all. She did have an Australian boyfriend for a while. Right. Uh, Johnny Dingo. But he... <laughs> Fred Koala. Yeah. He, he left her for... He keeps coming back like a boomerang. He, he left her for, for acting. He wanted, oh, okay. He wanted to perf- perf- uh, pursue a theater career. And so mm. he, he they broke up. So yeah, she's just kind of like just doing her thing at, at, at school. And she's friends with her... You know, but she's friends with this kind of jockey guy. And with a kind of a wild girl named Tara. Mm. And so this most recent strip was uh, based on this last little week where she and her friend, the guy friend, were studying for their chemistry exam. Tara shows up late with a pizza. Oh, Tara. And then this then this one today was, uh, he gets like 92%. Okay. She gets 93%. All right. Tara gets the teacher saying, uh, Miss King, I need to see you after class. Oh. Yeah. Is it a thing about the teacher abusing students? No, I think she didn't do very well on her test because oh. she showed up late with a pizza rather than being there early and studying. Mm. Maybe she learned things from the pizza. That, uh, I don't think you learn things from pizza. <laughs> well, the chemistry of pizza and There's cheese. There's not that much chemistry in pizza and cheese. Oh, I mean, enough. it's pretty simple stuff. When you were mentioning the drama situation. Drama? Uh, yeah. Here's, here, sometimes you come up with an idea and you go, this is the concept. And I like the concept. Yeah. But executing it would be way too much work. Okay. <laughs> All right, so folks, I'm just going to lay this out, out there. the concept, sure, and you sure. can just play it out in your own head. Yeah. Okay. Here's what. It is. Okay. It's two characters swapping places in pop culture. Prince and the Popper. It's a little Prince and the Popper. Okay. You're absolutely right. All right. Okay. So, uh, so here's what it is. It's um, Death of a Salesman. Okay. okay. And the main character is Willie Loman. Yes. Okay. But instead, it's Willy Wonka, okay. and Willy Wonka <laughs> and Willy Loman swap yes. places. Okay. So, uh, so this when the kids like show lot, up lot at, uh, at the chocolate factory. Yeah. It's uh, it's Willie Loman who's just like kind of on hard times. Yeah, he's coming he's out. Kind of the, a, the chocolate factory's not doing great. He's just a nebbish. He's just a nebbish guy, yeah, just going, eh, yeah. "Come in if you want." And yeah. he, th- he, th- he thinks he's like a big shot. Yeah. And you know, they're the only ones who cared about the golden ticket thing because yeah. you know, eh, it's a free tour. They don't care. <laughs> and then they go in. So it's that. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Uh, the uh, in the death of a salesman. Yes. It's like death of a Wonka. Oh. And then uh, it's all leading up to you know that, and you know, he has flashbacks of his past, which yeah. actually, unfortunately, in the Johnny Depp version, he did have flashbacks. Backs. Boo to that. We don't need backstory on Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah, no. We don't need to know, flesh out that character. Sure. But yeah, you all do it uh, in that style. And it's, he's got a very grounded family, yeah. but he's just this eccentric character in a big purple yeah, yeah. suit with a big top hat. And he just doesn't fit in. And so the company has to let him go because he's just way too eccentric and crazy. <laughs> and he doesn't fit in this crazy button down world. But then he has a heart attack and he kind of staggers for it. 
and he falls, does a somersault, and pops up in the air. Yeah, that's I think the death is like. Yeah. But he but but he takes a longer beat because you think like that's the end. Is like, well, now he's dead. Da da, and then the curtain falls. That's good. We've got our ending now. Thanks. And then the other one. And then the other one. The factory just goes out of business because he accidentally kills all the kids. Ooh. Accidentally. All the kids instead of intentionally, like Willy Wonka. Yeah, I think like the first the first thing is like. Um, Gloop gets caught in the tube. Oh right? yeah, okay. Augustus Gloop. Augustus Gloop. But then the other kids go, "Oh, geez, we better save him." And they try to save him, but they all drown as Which well. Which one? Mike TV. All of them. They all, Salt? they all drown. That's a I don't know this uh, because the it's just not safe at yeah. all. And he and he and he had to let let a lot of the Oompa Loopas go. Oh. So the safety features are just not there. They're not there. So all the kids die on the first <laughs> thing, and then he's got to. Like, They're all sucked up the tube together. Right. So then what he's got to do is this. Uh. He's got to he's got to like take the kids clothing yeah. he washes it yeah. and then he puts it on the oompa loompas mm. and then sends them out as the children at the end and it's just like here's the kids it's like they look all they got weird skin it's like yeah they ate a schnozzleberry and they look like this now but these are the kids and so the, the oompa loompas have to pretend to be the kids for the rest of their lives yeah otherwise uh willie gets arrested for killing all these kids and that's uh, the bully. Oh, that was that wasn't too hard to write. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad you had fun. I was just thinking about the, the book. I'm not in the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. When Charlie gets his golden ticket, right? In the book, and this was always a scene that kind of frightened me when I was a kid. Was he is approached by a stranger who wants to buy the golden ticket from him? Right. Will give him a lot of money. Right. Um, if that stranger had come up to him and gone, "I've got a video for you to watch at my yeah. house," you'd go, "I'm in." And off he would have gone is to that, watch him. But my question is, is that in the movie? Do they show that in the film? Is that scene in the movie, like someone approaching him to yes, buy the ticket? Oh. I believe so. Wait, I think so. Well, there is there is the evil guy who comes, who comes. I don't know if he says wants to buy the ticket. He makes him an offer. No, he makes him an offer. Yeah. Uh, of like, you know, be my spy and let me know okay. things. Yeah. Okay. I don't think he offers to buy the ticket, though. He sure. just tries to make him a spy. Now, in the book, that guy that offered to buy the ticket. Yes. Is he the guy working for, for, for Wonka at the end? He, I, to me, in my mind, he is Willy Wonka. Oh, that's interesting. Who asked the who asked the? That's a better that's a better angle on yeah. it. that Willy gets uh, out in the world. Well, that and I think it because I think the whole pr- purpose of this tour is a test of the characters, right? It's a test of the character of the characters, right? They are basically they're going through Dante's Inferno. They're going through the different <laughs> levels, and will the they levels. will yeah. they sin? And yeah. if they sin, they remain. Sure. Uh, and if they don't, they uh, go through to yeah. the worst the worst part, which yeah. is the uh, you know the worst sin that you could have is to be the, the seventh be- the seventh level, right? Which is to be the betrayer, the Judas, yeah. or is it the ninth level? It's, right. the, it's an odd numbered level, right? Is the worst. So level. to to be the betrayer, the Judas, yeah. the Brutus. That is uh, <laughs> the Brutus. Well, they're both there. Yeah. Judas and Brutus, and, and Brutus also Bluto, and uh, and Frutus, um, who's the fruit stripe gum uh, yeah. horse. Okay, that's Brutus. Well, he betrayed. That's a long story. It's a long story. It's a long sure. story. He betrayed uh, uh, Toucan Sam, and <laughs> and it's a long story. Okay. Anyway, All but right. to be the betrayer is the is the lowest form, yeah. uh, lowest level. Uh, and so um, uh, uh, Charlie is going to betray Willy Wonka and take the everlasting gobstopper, a uh, stopper, uh, to uh, whoever the other rival is. He'd be yeah. the betrayer, but no, he at the last second goes, "No, I won't do that." Here, here you go. I am not a betrayer at all. Yeah. And then he gets to leave hell and goes through the glass elevator to heaven <laughs> and ascends to the, heaven. The great glass elevator. Great glass elevator. Well, yeah. I like what well, there's a mediocre one that's next door. Mm-hmm. And so he goes up it and then uh, flies away and uh, everyone's covered in glass and cut to ribbons. <laughs> wait, wait. Why is they? Why are they cut? Because it busts through the glass at the top. Oh, okay. And the uh, it's a very tall building. Yeah. But just uh, just so you know that it's candy glass. 
Oh, do you think it's candy glass? Oh, yeah. Well, that's lovely it's in really the rain. Wonky. It's really warm. In the rain. It's fine. This is candy glass. It's fine. Dissolves in a second. <laughs> oh, so is the elevator made of candy glass, too? No, no, Because the they're going to die. It's glass. It's, it's all that's it's, glass. It's great glass. Even hey, listen, I'm going to say that candy glass mm-hmm. shattered into shards. Yeah. Even candy glass falling from that height, and yeah. there was a big crowd out there. Yeah. That hit some people. Cut is slice. That, is that in the movie that they go up through the ceiling in the elevator? Yeah, I okay. think it busts through the. I wish they'd done the sequel, although I really think it would've been hard to do. The fact, sequel. How do we get down from here? The <laughs> Great Glass Elevator. Have you read it? Uh, I think I have. With the vermicious canids. That does sound right. Mm. Yeah. It's. I read it. I, I mean, when I read it as a kid, I thought it was fantastic. But I, I read both books for the girls, mm-hmm. and I seem to remember being kind of disappointed by the Great Glass. Did elevator. the girls like it? Yeah, they did. They did. Mary read all the Roald Dahl books as a, yeah. as a young kid. I think those books are really great. Yes. I really liked James and the Giant Peach as a child. I mm-hmm. mem- memorized a lot of the, the songs. How about The Witches? I never read The Witches as Witches a kid. is dark. Yeah. Even darker than the movie, and the movie is pretty dark, but the, <laughs> the book is way darker. Well, it starts as your normal Roald Dahl book. Parents are dead. So Not just the parents that. are dead, but like the witches kill kids. Like, yeah, man, that's yeah. the way it goes. Yeah. It's almost as dark as Sabrina. Mm. Except, <laughs> uh, Except it has good characters in it. Man, it has a sense of humor. Mm. Son of a bitch. You know, Dave. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, speaking of motion pictures. Speaking of Roald Dahl. Once we've crossed the meridian to the, what's, what are we at right now? We're at the, oh gosh, we're at the hour and 20 minute mark. Okay. Uh, we normally decide to uh, turn turn the show over to uh, a little bit of feedback from our listener, our one listener, uh, Steve. Hey, Steve. No, uh, one of our <laughs> listeners. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and see what they've been uh, enjoying uh, in their lives as movies. And then we talk about uh, those motion pictures. Yes. And I'm just going to look at my phone. Please do. Oh. But by the way, Dave, is this your card? <gasps> no. You oh, wait. It. Now pick a card. <laughs> you got it. It's better to do that in reverse. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Just, sorry. I'm just getting my phone together sure, here. Sure, sure. No, be a vernicious smid. Can it? All right. So here's the thing. This is uh, kind of like last week. Here's the thing is an Alec Baldwin uh, podcast. Here's the thing. Okay. Last week, I mean, last week we had a bit of a, a guilt, a guilty uh, list because I'd forgotten about it. Oh, okay. So this week, well, actually last week, some time ago, Sarah Walsh wrote, commented on the web. Okay. Hi, Sarah. Commented on on our website, which is sneakydragon.com. Okay. And she said, hey, guys. Hey, Sarah. I think you missed my top 10. Oops. (laughs) Unless I missed an episode somehow, which I I doubt because they they come out kind of once once a week. So Yeah. Unless you... Unless you left the country for a week, maybe. I posted... Even, even so, so, you my, can get this show in other countries. Can you? Oh, of course. We do translations. <laughs> no. <laughs> I posted it on Facebook a few episodes after you started doing them. I think, she says. Whoa, you, you expressed some doubt, so I, I'm going to go with that. You didn't. About half of yeah, mine... You get gaslighting, Dave. <laughs> about half of mine... We've never dis- met. Podcast? What oh. podcast? <laughs> We're simple cobblers. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. About half of mine have been discussed already. Well, we're sorry about that. Because you would have been... Not, we, but there are a few that haven't been mentioned yet. Okay. Hooray. So this is an original post. Very good. That was that first part was the preamble. All right. This is the amble. Original post. So this is Amblin Entertainment. Yes. So we're starting with E.T. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as... Was it Lisa who said that they had a well-established top five? But I really had to think about the next five. Mm. I came up with something I can live with for now. Okay. So 
She says these are the, her consistent top five, okay. probably in order. Sure. From 1930. 1930? 1930? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, okay. Which is uh, interesting I, I saw choice. the later version. But You've seen uh, the later one with uh, John Boy. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't seen... Uh, I have they showed s- it to us in school. I have not seen the John Boy version, but I have seen the 1930 version. Yeah. Which is... I mean, I can see why it would be aff- affecting. I read the book, actually, before I saw the, the movie, so right. I, I knew the ending. Uh, I believe the film starred Lou Ayers as the ger- young German soldier who sent to war. I do think it's a very important movie, though, because World War one more than any other war in our like memory is like the biggest like no like nonsense what the bleep is going on yeah. war that like you can't like point at the germans and go oh those bad guys they were germans and they were so bad because they were germans and then they attacked like they didn't know what they were doing any more than the british Everyone was like, we're operating on some idea that it was going to take like six months to fight this war. Yeah, it's, it's weird when you watch like the movie Wonder Woman and they try to make the Germans Nazis, basically. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, well, no, yeah. no. Yeah, and that's a part of the film that, well, at the time I, I commented on as being, to me, very offensive. Like, there's a scene in the film where she heroically charges across no man's land, which was, it's a heroic thing to do. Yeah. But the thing is that she could be heroically charging the other direction. And it would be as meaningful because neither side were worse or better than the other. Yeah. They just were two spoiled brats that basically as countries that were pitting their children against each other and just, you know, bathing in the blood of, little, of their folly. A little bit of land. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's really, it really is terrible. And it's so close to, uh, in time, too, mm-hmm. the end of the war. Yeah. You know, just, was it like 12 years, right? Like 12 years? When did World War One end? 1919, uh, so it would have 19, been 11 years. Oh, sorry, 11, 11 years. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's fresh in everyone's Super memories. Fresh. And now you're seeing a recreation mm-hmm. of, of this horror. And for many people, of course, you know, they never, they never saw it. You know, they never saw the horror. So, like, they're seeing it for the first time. Like, oh, my gosh, that's what my husband went through, my son went through. But what's interesting is it isn't It's from the point of view of the Germans. It's not the point of view of of the Allies. And so you have this German people, their their experience of the war. Mm. And there's a great sequence in the film where the young man gets to go back to to his home, to the home front. And, you know, and he's visiting family and friends and he... And the scene that sticks in my mind is him going to visit a teacher that he respected. And he discovers this teacher is just spouting all the nonsense, you know, all this sort of jingoistic, patriotic nonsense yeah. that he has rejected because of his experiences at the front have so soured him on all this garbage that before he was swallowing. Like, if you, if you look at literature of that time period, like, if you read, like, Chaps and, or Boy's Own, like, these kind of, like... Uh, you know, books or like magazines or, or digests that were written for young kids or young boys at that time period, they're just chock full of stories of a plucky band of kids who turn back some Germans who have tried to invade England from the cliffs of Dover or whatever. Mm-hmm. And these boys, these often public school boys, just happen to be there and were able to beat these guys off. And, you know, so this is all being inculcated into children's minds that war is not only pleasurable but it's preferable that we fight each other in this, yeah. in battle and so it's creating this this context of war as a as something that's desirable and you'll be stronger when you get back yeah, yeah you'll and be better so when the war broke out and all these people and it wasn't just lower class kids who who volunteered to fight it was also upper class kids who volunteered to fight the you know the sort of quote unquote cream of 
Britain, who, who also went, you know, obviously as as in better roles, they were officers and stuff like that. Right. But they were still officers. They were going over the trench walls. They didn't have a rifle. They had a gun in their hand that was connected to their their uniform by a string, and that's what they went to battle with, you know. And probably part of their job was to shoot soldiers who were trying to turn back. But let's not go into all the gory parts of it. But let's just say that you know everyone was dying in this giant bloodbath. But they went into it with this idea that it's going to be great. War is fun, and it's going to be terrifically great. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse, you know. So you have these great stories of the first Christmas. And the soldiers coming out of the trenches and, you know, kicking a ball around and stuff like that. That couldn't have happened as it went on, though, because yeah. it just gets worse and worse and worse yeah, for everyone. Too much death, too much and horror. Too much horror and too much bad behavior on both sides. And it's just, yeah, it's just bitterness and everything, you know. And I think, yeah, it's a it's a very, very good film. It's a really good book, too. Uh, Remark, I think, Eric Remark. I can't remember the full name of the, uh, the author of the book. But, yeah, it's um, it's a very good film. I'll say that. The only problem with it is that it's a very early film. It's 1930. So it's still stuff where like they have a microphone and a potted plant next to the <laughs> characters and everything is so, all the microphones are turned up to like 11 so they can pick up people talking from three feet away. Yeah. And so it just has that shh on all the time. Everything, everything has this, you know, they didn't know how to remove noise from, yeah. from you know, so they couldn't do, they couldn't do that. It was the so. podcasting of its time. It was just, it was a bit of a, a mess. Number two. Okay. Do you have anything more to say about All Quiet on the Western Front? No, because I didn't see it. Oh, you never saw the movie? No. I've said, Again, I saw the John Oh, you Boy saw the John Boy. But I mean, it's the same story. Yeah. I've read the book. You read the book as well? Because we had to read the book oh, as well. Oh, that's right. In school. Yep. Yeah, I didn't have to, but I, I took it from the classroom. I we read the book the and then we saw the movie. And I'm like, ah, very good. Mm-hmm. Like, war seems dumb. But then it was, again, it was hippie teachers telling us that. Yeah, they're probably wrong. <laughs> Number two. Yep. Of This is from Sarah's top five. Top five definite definite probably fives. probably ranked correctly we have talked we have talked about this film before but we're going to talk about it a little more which is a hard day's night okay which is wrong as everyone's as everyone who's ever talked about this film has said way better than it should have been that's right way better than it needed to be just part of the time period of england where when arts for whatever reason it was this incredibly ambitious and brave time where people were wanted to like you know explore or just, you know, like just kind of overreach as artists, you know, like kind of like, let's not just do this, let's do that. Let's go this much farther. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think, and also the fact that I think one of the most important things was it was opportunity for people who never had opportunity before in, in industries like that, you know, suddenly people who were from working class, um, working class backgrounds were suddenly had access to be, to be artistic, you know, and to be yeah, filmmakers that's a good point. Yeah. to be writers you know to have you know to have a voice and so you're like i have a voice i'm going to say this and i'm not going to make it cheap because this is i may never have this chance again i may never be able to express myself like this again and they took it seriously you know it wasn't just some hack who wrote the movie alan owen who wrote hard day's night you know and really wrote it the beatles didn't improvise it they did the script that he wrote he didn't you know, he kind of created our ideas of who the Beatles are in his script. But he spent time with them. He mm-hmm. went with a week or so with them as they were touring. But it synced up with the uh, with the personalities that they'd show at press conferences sure. or whatnot. Like, sure. you bought that. You yeah, didn't yeah. go, wait a minute. No, no, he did it. He, That's not what Ringo's yeah, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. He didn't make them up out of whole cloth. He observed who they were when he was traveling with right. them. I mean, he took off the rough edges because they were rough kids. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, you know, they grew up and they, you know, they liked their fun. So, but you take that away because you don't want to present that to an audience. Yeah. But 
yeah, I mean, what what you see there on the screen is so masterful. You know, the writing's great. The direction is so yeah, it's beautifully is so shot. revolutionary. You love the look of England. Yeah, it's uh, the cars it. are great to see. Uh, it, <laughs> it feels it feels like this is the film that launched a whole bunch of bands. Like if you if if you were watching oh, yeah. this as a young like a teenager, yeah, and, and you were like, oh, I'll even I'll go just like your teenage boy. Yeah, you're like eh, I'm a little bit weird looking, and you look at oh, but I look like that guy, and girls are chasing that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. wait a minute. I, yeah, I got a shot. Yeah, they're chasing Ringo. Mm -hmm. they, they're chasing Ringo. Everybody. Uh, okay, yeah. what, what do you have to do? Learn to play drums. I could learn to play drums for crying out loud. Yes, yeah. this looks fun. This looks interesting. I'll, 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 I'll be sure. in a band. Yeah. Once again, it was just the opportunity because there was no, there wasn't like a set idea of what you do. Mm -hmm. Like for the Beatles, it was the same thing. Like there wasn't someone didn't, you know, obviously doing a movie was a kind of a set idea. Right. You know, Cliff Richard made movies. Elvis Presley made movies. Sure. So. You you know that was like an idea, but the thing is, Elvis Presley made kind of not great movies, whereas the Beatles made great movies because they were, you know, I don't want to say it's luck because I feel like there's an element of talent attracting talent. Right. I mean, there always were. is luck. Listen. Oh, luck all, is part of it. Obviously. Let's let's always throw like any degree of anyone's success. Mm -hmm. Luck shows up. Oh, for sure. If for you can't sure. see luck, luck's hiding behind a rock. <laughs> And it's it's huge. Yeah, yeah, it's always there. It's off well, of camera, course, of course. but it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. Yeah, anyone that says it's not, no, oh, it's just hard work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also you didn't have something horrible happen to you at the time that distracted you. Yeah, so that's yeah. good planning. Mm, and <laughs> also, yeah, luck. I mean, there's so much luck. I mean, okay, let's just let's just say one little part of the Beatles' career. They're in Hamburg. Mm -hmm. This guy has a fight with his girlfriend. Shows up at the at the Star Club or at the at the Kaiser Keller. Shows up there, sees them, sees them on stage. Falls in love with their music. Brings his friends there. This is Klaus Vormann. Brings his friends there. Brings the exes there. These kind of hip out you know kind of outsider kids come down to see the Beatles playing. They they become friends with the Beatles. They adopt them. One of them, one of them as an artistic girl, she cuts their hair. She changes their hairstyle. She changes them from their previous you know greaser look. Their their DAs yeah. to this comb down kind of shaggy longer cut and that becomes their adopted cut that becomes this revolutionary haircut but the factors that lead to that are all fluky like he had to have a fight with his girlfriend he had to go for a walk he had to stumble into this club <laughs> meet find this band you know and everything had to work if they were on an off night he might not have been impressed by them maybe but the night yeah. he saw them they were hot you just don't know all the factors that led to that moment of what making the Beatles what they were, which was so different from what everything else was. Right. By the way, by the way, that's the other factor that you don't never, no one ever goes with. It's yeah. like, and that was the that's what made them. What you don't see is the times they almost made it before then, but didn't. Yeah. And the, and the bus didn't arrive. That's possible. Something too. happened. Sure. You know, sure. a person came to see them who would have made them before. Yeah. And like, oh, they got distracted. Or yeah. They had a they had something went something went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Or someone someone called sure. him a name and he left. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe at that point Ringo's band wouldn't have been winding down. And he would have, he would have been wouldn't have been open to leaving. Mm -hmm. There's just so many factors that yeah, it's just amazing. And yet, what a good movie! What a good movie! It's not my favorite one though. What is your favorite? Let it be. Okay, they're so different. Well, they are so different. I, I mean, I love. Hard I mean, Day's they're Night. the same people. But I love like, it so they're much. They're so radically different. It's, Here, I mean, it's a documentary. Yeah, documentary with you know pushing things you know in ways documentaries do mm -hmm. and then a fictionalized representation yeah. it's very difficult to like compare the two one thing i like about help and hard day's night is i love that they're not afraid to be absurd or surreal in the jokes 
you know, the, the scene of them running outside the train yelling at the man after they, they're obviously on the train. You can't get off a train and run beside it and yell yeah. at someone and get back on the train. It doesn't work that way. But also like John being in the bathtub playing and then when they take the plug out, he's gone. <laughs> you know, just stuff like that where it's just, you know, just for a joke. They don't like explain yeah. it. They don't have to have someone come in later and go, well, you know what happened to John actually was blah, blah, blah. You know, they don't, they just don't need it. Just have the joke. Have the joke. We don't need to figure out how they got off the train and why they're running beside it. Right. I'm going to write a paper on that. From 1987. Yes, sir. A great movie. Okay. Starts with an R. Okay. Starts with an R. It's a great, uh, a great uh, movie. Starts with an R. Do you want a Do you want a further clue? I would need a further clue from like 1987. It's an action movie. Rambo. No. Rambo no. two. <laughs> Rambo three. Robocop. I guess that is an action movie. Sure. I would okay. think of that as an action film. Yeah, Maybe I thought I'm... it was 86, but okay, fair enough. Oh, okay. 87. It says here, so yeah. I'm gonna assume Once that again, it's better right. than it should be. Let's just say that's the thing for almost <laughs> all these movies is better yeah. than they should be. Yeah. Uh, that should have just been a dumb. Uh, you know, it should have been what the other movies were, like the the RoboCop two, RoboCop three, or mm. what RoboCop one could have been. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't. It actually uh, it was very dark. Shocked you? Yeah. When uh, Murphy gets his hand blown off, I'd never seen anything like that before. <laughs> no, that's true. That just was like what? And yeah. uh, you know, I don't know much. Guy about getting that hit movie. by the car and just turning into goo. Yeah, that's great too. It's just amazing. Uh, yeah, it, it felt almost trauma esque, you know, for what the, the kind of those kind of gross. Maybe out. that's where they're kind of going with it. Yeah, I mean, Paul Verhoeven, who directed it, has no trouble going to the edge of. of, of I mean, of it's a an exploitation movie. Yeah, that then has like a very straight hero, almost superhero, yeah, uh, character in it. Yeah, that cleans it up. That like that grounds it in a way, but like the other shit that's going on, like when you have the 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 guys who are attacking the woman, yeah, and it's like, well, what's this about? You know, we're gonna cut her hair, yeah, and then she's got more hair down there. It's like, what's that mean? <laughs> what's that? That's just yeah. so what? Just, what's this garbage? But you feels just, made up on the day. Almost. It's totally yeah. It's like yeah. it's it's it is exploitation bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know, no one's doing that. Mm -hmm. But it's like no, we need to have an excuse to like shoot his dick off. Yeah. So we've got to have him say something, and now he said it, and now yeah. I'm going to shoot his dick off, and I'm RoboCop. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. It's yeah. you know it would be bit off in an exploitation movie, mm -hmm. but I'm going to shoot it off, and now it's a superhero thing, and we can make a Saturday morning cartoon out of it later. <laughs> The guy that shot yeah. a guy's dick off. Well, I mean, that's probably a problem with two and three is that they really kind of emasculate the character or t tone it down to such a point that it, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel that kind of shocking fun that that movie. It feels like uh, well, and the and two and three were written by Frank Miller as well, and and mm, so I they're think, incoherent. Well, they're just mean. Okay, they're, but they're mean in, in a non-fun way, and I think. Yeah. The Murphy plot with uh, I forget the the woman who's like his partner. I forget what her name is. And that's an important thing to talk about too. Is that film like she's she's good. her role in the her character in the movie is a like is a competent woman character. She's yeah. not like a damsel in distress character. No, she's no. she is the equal of everyone around her and is treated as an equal. Yep. She's never belittled. She's not you know. Yeah, and they have a friendship. And that's also important. Which, by the a way, male female friendship. Yeah. And that's not something they have in the in the remake. The much closer remake, so supposedly made during our woke times, yeah. doesn't have a, like a character the equal of. No. Man, I wish I could. And then in the third film, they kill her off, and it's like, well, then you're dumb. You're dumb, Frank Miller. 
you're dumb. Like it's, and then they also had like an evil kid. Yeah. And it was like, well, who wants that? You know, I mean, I mean, so I mean, you want to see a kid get beat up? It's like, well, what's this about? Yeah. I mean, if her death has meaning, it's which it didn't. Okay. Well, that that's dumb. Well, it, no, it's a it's a refrigerator death. You know, it's just like it's to motivate the guy. It's a death wish death. You know, like now um, he's mad. Well, yeah. he's mad. Like yeah. he's a ro- uh, robocop. He's, robocop. He's, he's already shooting people. But he's never. Well, he's not mad. Okay, but he's, he's a, a robot. He's a robocop. We've already established that he doesn't Fine. like get he's mad. He's gonna shoot people. You yeah, don't have yeah. to like do anything to get him shooting people. Yeah. This is what he does. He's a robocop. Sure. So we're fine. You know, but he's got a jet. Like what they did is they 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 killed her. Yeah. And they gave him a jet pack. And like, well, that's a bad trade. Yeah. I don't need to see him fly. Who cares? Who cares? But then also in this, uh, in the first movie, they have the ads, which are just like straight, you know, uh, comedy ads, which are which are great, and it just keeps keeps you on your heel. You never know what's going to come. It's going to be something gross. Is going to be comedy? Is it going to be broad? Is it going to be commentary? I don't know. But then you also Peter Weller grounds it, and also sure. Nancy. Yeah, I was going to say. I was just going to say that Nancy. I was going to say I've got the first name Nancy. Something. She's like, really good. Yeah, uh, they both ground. She's it. so good. I mean, she's so good in so many things. She's great in uh, Carrie. She's great in uh, the. Uh, blowout right and the villains are very good Mm -hmm. uh, in it uh you want to see them get hurt later on it all works out well uh and uh they have a nice uh punchline at the end uh with the whole thing you know with uh with the bad bad guy and why he gets his it's like yeah it's a good gag there there we go and also the uh, whatever ed 3000 or whatever that is yeah the big thing yeah yeah it's great that's great too and uh miguel ferrer is great in it as the over ambitious uh, yes that's great. And then the great Ronnie Cox as the uh, the evil kind of executive. Yeah, I think he played that same character in like another movie that was like mm. very, very similar. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah. Nancy. <laughs> Weller? No, that's Peter Weller. Yeah. Nancy. Don't uh, worry about it. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Oh. It's a waste time. Okay. You, uh, you. So let's. Uh, no, you can't look it up. Then you're cheating. I don't want to know. You can look it up, but I can't say Walker? Anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come to us. It'll come to us. No, it won't. Oh, this is a good movie, and I have not seen this film in so okay. long that I can't really talk about it very much. All right. Uh, Penn and Teller get killed. Yeah. Uh, it kind of drags a little bit uh, near the end, but okay. then it goes so dark near the end <laughs> that uh, it, it like it starts very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, goes in all these kind of twisty, twisty ways, but I still do like it. Uh, he, he, he talks about Lou Reed a lot. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, well, that's unearned. The ending is, uh, the ending isn't, I don't know if the ending still works, but it worked at the time, which is like, I don't this remember, is really dark. I don't remember any of it. Sorry. It's really fucking dark. It's just like begging for their lives and all this kind of thing. It's like, you can see them in the, you can see them like, uh, is that in the movie they play pranks on each other? Yeah, well, it's all pranks, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then it, it goes too far and things go wrong and, uh, everything goes horrible. Uh, and, and okay, Arthur, like Arthur Penn is the, uh, director and, uh, which you all, any relation? No relation. Arthur Penn is a director. Yeah, that's he's they wanted because they wanted a really good director. Well, he's a director who's not afraid to to go, go dark. Go dark. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking about his uh, the Alice's Restaurant, for instance. We talked about it a little while did ago. Did he do Bonnie and Clyde? Yes, he did Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, there's a yeah. nice dark ending. Yeah. And once again, he was recommended to do that movie. This is a comparably dark ending. <laughs> when uh, when the writers of that film, uh, one of them being. Robert Benton, who later did like Kramer versus Kramer and stuff like that, but when they he and his uh, Robert Benton and I can't remember the name of the, the, his writing partner, but when they wrote uh, when they wrote Barney and Clyde, they wanted they wanted like uh, Francois Truffaut or Jean Luc Godard to direct it, mm. and they're like, no, 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 we we don't understand like any of the milieu of that, like we couldn't do an American film authentically. Uh, you should get Arthur Penn to direct it; he'd be perfect. And so they they got Arthur Penn. 
to come in and do it and he was perfect for that mm-hmm. film he's a very good director so yeah that's that's i didn't realize he directed that movie it almost feels like that's too good a director for a film like that though where you you kind of lose the clunkiness that you might need in a film like that mm-hmm. and it gets replaced by such so it's so professional that what's dark is really dark feeling yeah, it feel, what i say is like it feels like uh they were sitting around the table with the writing it yeah and they went like uh so how about we end it like this and they they went i know that's too dark it's like no it's true to life man we're gonna do it we're gonna do it we're gonna make the audience go what did i just watch what did i just watch they're gonna leave and they're gonna be in their cars going what did i just watch and they're gonna yell at their kids when they get home and they don't know why and they're gonna be angry and they're gonna go to work and they're gonna tell their boss to fuck off oh, man. they're so screwed up about what the ending they okay, saw this, this feels like a bit of an unearned ending i don't know it was all right I have to watch it. Uh, it's been a long time. Since by the way, I do confuse it sometimes with the uh, with Penn and Teller's appearance on The Simpsons. Okay, because that's also a talky teller, you okay. know, uh, just uh, complaining that like uh, that Penn's going to kill him. Oh, okay. Yeah. My, the first time I saw them before I saw them anywhere was in a movie. I th- and I th- it's oh, I don't want to. I, I think it's a movie where there's a woman and she has like a limousine company. Okay. And they show up as two kind of conniving con men who. Who do like a bunch of like sleight of hand to? It's that been sounds, a long time. That sounds about right. They were regulars, by the way. Speaking of Sabrina in mm. the Sabrina sitcom. Oh really? Yep. Uh, he was the head. Came in to go. Magic isn't real, you know. He was the head witch of like the witches council, oh. and uh, and Teller was a um, uh, uh, who? Okay, sorry. Who's the artist with the apple in front of the face? Magritte. Magritte. Yes. Yeah, he was a, basically a Magritte style uh, uh, wizard. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he had that kind of surreal uh, yeah. things going on around huh. him. So yeah, they uh, they printed that. First time I saw them was on Letterman, and they uh, I believe I might be mixing two things together, but they did like a really corny magic act. Yes, and uh, you know it ended with like you know them doing something with a rabbit, and, uh, yeah. and then they sat down, and Letterman was like, "Well, that's, that's put the hat on the desk. Put the hat on the desk. Oh yeah. And then uh, and then they took the hat up, and it was like filled with cockroaches that spilled all over the desk, and uh, and yeah, and Letterman just freaked out. It was oh, one of yeah. the first times you ever saw Letterman just like break character and like lose it and jump, just, like, jump away jump as far as he could. Yeah, it was horrific. It's a good. And he must have known it was going to happen because they wouldn't have. Could they have surprised him with that? I oh mean, yeah, they surprised the him with it. Yeah. Oh really? It's a, yeah, it's a magician. They're yeah. not gonna. They're not gonna give away their. They're act. not gonna say, "Hey, this is the trick we're going to do with oh, okay. you." I don't yeah. think like when uh, magicians went on Carson, they said mm-hmm. to Carson, "Here's the trick I'm going to do." Yeah, yeah. They just would do the trick, and Carson would be delighted. Mm. But yeah. I think I think I favorite? think he knew that uh, okay. I think he knew that they were going to do a cheesy thing and then yeah, like yeah. do some shtick. Okay, but I don't think they knew he knew they were going to okay. like unleash cockroaches. Maybe it was going to be like something else under the hat. My favorite th- thing they ever did was on Saturday Night Live, with which was the tank with yeah. Teller in the tank. It's great, and it's the panic because they can't get the right card, and, and it's uh, great because it's live. It's great because it's live. Because if you see it on Letterman, you're like, well, this was pre-taped. They wouldn't show a person dying. Yeah, yeah. But on but on this, yeah. Yeah. It's pre-taped for us, so when we're watching the West Coast, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. But how would you know that uh, that uh, that they survived? Yeah, like, yeah. Would they just cancel it? Would you, they feel, just like, you can feel the audience's energy when it's happening, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's very well done. And very, uh, you know, you can obviously look it up. Just Penn and Teller, Tank, yeah. Trick or whatever. But also, SNL would be the one to look I for. I also like the anti-gravity one that they did was pretty good, too. I don't know if I've seen that one. That's where they're. Uh, I'll I'll spoil what the ending is for it. Then. Okay. Uh, it's them uh, just making things vanish. They're just like hold up like a newspaper and they put something behind it and it yeah. vanishes. Yeah. And they're just like bouncing things and they're making things float. Oh, okay. And I like, know. Yeah, okay, the whole I think thing I was yeah they were upside down the whole time. <laughs> That's great. Then they reveal that is good. it. Yeah. That is good. Smart. They're very clever. I remember one time they did one where they shot a gun at each other. 
and they took it they spent so much time setting it up and being very serious about it that it, i got very bored i was just like oh i guess this is dangerous yeah pen pen wrote a good article about um some some magician who claims to catch bullets in his teeth yes and uh yeah. and 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 really put him down for trying to make it seem that it was completely real yeah. and uh, yeah. he hurts himself and does all this kind of stuff I'm like yeah. no yeah. people are going to duplicate this and this is awful like you can't yeah. you can't do this yeah and he had this real strong ethical code of being a magician and it's like what sure. you can do yeah and what you can't do mm-hmm. and like no it's a trick you got it. You can't ever go. And this was real. It's like no, yeah, no. It's a trick. Yeah, it's got to be a trick. You got to tell them it's a trick. Yeah, yeah. So it was, that was kind of interesting. That's fair. I I, th- I think that's fair enough. So uh, let's just say, uh, yeah, maybe see that movie. Yeah, I should we give it a rewatch one of these yep. centuries. Numero cat. Numero cat. The Chaplin film. This is this tr- interesting choice to me. Uh, the Great Dictator. Okay. With him as was it Adnoid. Schnitzler, or something I've like seen, that. I've seen bits, and of course, I've seen the speech many times. Yeah, at yeah. the end, and it's a, it's a, it's a very good speech. Um, you know, uh, the thing still holds up. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a super successful movie at the time. I think people felt that it was a little preachy. Okay, and also maybe not what they were in the mood for. Yeah, you know, if you're yeah. uh, if you don't like Hitler, you don't want to watch Hitler for mm. uh, in a, even a comedy form. Yeah, I think that's happening right now a little bit with Trump, where like there's all these comedy shows of like the cartoon president or yeah, yeah. You know, guy dressed as Trump, and it's like, well, look, we just don't like the guy. I don't want to see him in comedy form. I don't want to see him as a puppet. I don't want to see him as a cartoon. Yeah, I'm just I'm tired of him. Yeah. So like yeah. even if it's like it's Chaplin, but he's Hitler. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to see like Hitler yeah. uh, comedy for an hour for an hour and a half. What? Some good bits, some good yeah, bits in it, it's and again, it's a it's a very good uh, speech at the end that would leave people, uh, you know, leaving in a good way, I suppose. That way, or they might have felt like, oh, did I need to hear that? And the problem for Chaplin mm-hmm. at that point in his career was that he took so long between movies. Like, um, I'm pretty sure that I get. I'm going to go on a limb here and say that Modern Times, which I believe came out in 1934, so it was six years between Modern Times, his final silent film, and The Great Dictator, his first kind of sound film. Mm-hmm. Even though I think the best parts of the movie are the silent, like the silent kind of gaggy parts of it. So that's a long time to, for a build-up to a movie. Yeah. You know? Like someone, like it's interesting when people talk about like the difference between Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. Because you can really make an argument that Charlie Chaplin was making way better movies than Keaton was in in the 30s. You know, Chaplin was making City Lights. He was making Modern Times. But that's it. There's two movies. Buster Keaton was making a lot of movies. But he's also making, like, What No Beer? And, you know, which is not a great movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so his what he was making was kind of garbage. But he was making a lot of garbage. And so, you know, in that... You know, like it's kind of like the Marx Brothers. It doesn't if it's a. It doesn't matter that the movie's bad because mm-hmm. they're still good in the movie. Like they're still so talented that they can kind of overcome a lot of the not all of it, uh, unfortunately, but a lot of the material, the kind sure. of substandard substandard material. They can kind of bring a Marxian twist to it and and make it somewhat appealing. Same with Keaton. He's in a bad movie. He's in a you know he's been teamed up with a unsuitable partner in Jimmy Durante. Hmm fine but you can still get some good stuff from him because he's still a really talented right. comedian right and so he's just it's so it's you know it's like kind of like quantity over quality mm-hmm. is basically the argument so it's interesting thinking you got three guys there okay yeah. you got your keaton yeah you got your chaplain yeah you got your harpo and it's three people that do silent comedy for the most sure. part sure couldn't be more different 
couldn't be more different in styles. Well, I would say that for almost all the silent film comedians, mm. each each of them has their own kind of take on what they. But I would say those doing. would be the three. The uh, Harold three, Lloyd, I'd have to put in there too, as a pretty big. I would say that the Harold Lloyd is not as famous as, but well, maybe comparable to Buster Keaton. And I say this with a Harold Lloyd picture uh, <laughs> of a thing. Uh, yeah. Hypocrite. Yeah, same, same, and same. Betrayer. Uh, but like, yeah, he'd be comparable, I suppose, maybe. But most people would know Buster Keaton over a Harold Lloyd. I'd say it's hard to know because I grew up. I grew up with a time when the Harold Lloyd's films were cut up and syndicated Fair into enough. a okay. TV show. Then we'll go like so. Chaplin and Harpo definitely were yeah. world famous to this day. Like you see oh, just yeah, their image sure. and like, oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, you know Immediately, who they are, for sure. I got, I got what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But like the three of them, very, very, very different styles. Oh, for sure. But I mean, I mean, that's how, I mean, there probably were like Chaplin imitators. Sure. But who remembers them? Because when you have the actual Chaplin and anyone who's imitating him is going to be substandard. Mm-hmm. And... Comedians whose personalities or whose style, like say a Harry Langdon, mm-hmm. who kind of borrowed that kind of sentimental element from Chaplin and put it into his movies. So Chaplin's doing the sentiment, but he's doing it so well. Mm. You know, when you see a City Lights or The Kid, those are movies that you will literally cry at, yeah. cry watching. Whereas Langdon, his character is kind of off-putting in a little way because he's sort of a man-child. And you put this kind of cloying sentimentality into it. It's a little off-putting, you know. So... His movies have kind of disappeared for us. Maybe a time will come when we want cloying sentimentality that seems off-putting. And he'll rise to the top of our right. of people's estimation of who the great silent film comedians were. But, yeah, I mean, you've got to be individual. You know, Keaton is this very mechanical, you know, very, very much about the patterns and how you timing and all those sort of things like that you know and his movies are the antithesis of chaplin because he wants no sentiment in his movies mm. you know like his movies have guy girl endings but in no way are they like tearful or whatever they're right. very much kind of of the you know well now we're married there's one there's one movie that it, one movie that ends with him like that'd be a great title for a movie well now we're married <laughs> yeah that's it because there's a movie that ends like well now we're married now we're old. Now we're dead. And there's tombstones at the end of the film. <laughs> oh, like that's, wow. you know, that's Skip it. Skip to the death to us part. <laughs> so, you you know, that's really that's really truthful. And then it cuts to a person just going, mm-hmm. murder, suicide. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only way you get them at the same time, folks. And it's a curious thing that, that Chaplin, Chaplin couldn't, didn't really successfully uh, work in the sound, sound era. You know, like Harold Lloyd did a few films and then he just retired. I think he just realized, you know, I'm not making the big bucks here that I used to make. And I, I it's better off if I just take my money and, and do other things. And mm-hmm. he, he got interested in other things anyway. Um, I have the Harold Lloyd box set and it comes with 3D glasses. And you can watch, lo- you can look at lots and lots of the 3D pictures that he took at that time. Because mm. he was really interested in 3D photography. All right. And I guess he sort of threw himself into that, you know, rather than continue to struggle to try and keep keep himself alive as a as a as a movie star. His last film being The Sins of Harold Diddle, Diddlebrock, which was a Preston Surges film. Hmm. Chaplin carried on, you know, he did uh, Monsieur Verdoux, which is like a which is a very black comedy of a man who murders his wives. And there's a fantastic scene in that movie that is so so good, it's so great. But the rest of the movie, it's sort of off putting and it doesn't really work. Hmm. Once again, Limelight, a look back at Music Hall and like being in vaudeville, which you think would be really great. But once again, it just doesn't, doesn't really work. Pastor Keaton's a co-star in that. And it's oh, nice. Okay. Chaplin, you know, gives him time to shine in the spotlight as oh, well. Cool. He doesn't, he doesn't take away attention from Keaton. So that's, it's a, it is a nice film in some ways, but I can see why none of these films were like huge smashes, you know? And I think also the fact that like, you know, 1940, 
the Great Dictator. Like eight years later, we get Monsieur Verdoux. You know, he's like it took so long between films that you know, like people, your star can kind of fade. You know. Yeah. But anyway, Great Dictator. I mean, it's still a great movie. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, it's got great in the title. There you go. It's like a, it's like an elevator, yeah. like a glass elevator. Let's make my phone go click. Yeah. And let's talk about number five. Next five. This is this, that was number five. Oh, was Dictator. it? Okay, yeah. very good. Next five panic picks in okay. no particular order. Number six. Panic picks. I've never seen this movie, so I can't comment on it. All right, I will comment immediately on it. But I'm going to read her disclaimer after I after I. Why don't you read the disclaimer first, and I'll see if I can t- decide what the movie is. Okay. I'm not a fan of the Cleveland Indians name and mascot. Oh, uh, it's uh, Major League. Yes, but the movie came out, and I fell in love with it almost 30 years ago. So I cringe occasionally, but give it a pass on the grounds that it's otherwise a great baseball movie made for baseball fans. It is full of people I dislike, just loathsome humor. Like actors, you mean? Yeah. Like Charlie Sheen is in it, I think? Yeah. Is and, that uh, and that guy no. from uh, L.A. Law. I don't like Corbin Burnson. Okay. Really don't like him. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't like most people in the in the movie. I really yeah. don't. Eh, it's charming. It's very, Wesley very charming. Wesley Snipes is in it? Yeah, again, you got it. That's right. All <laughs> all unlikables. Uh, they could call the movie The Unlikables, but it's... Uh, <laughs> no, it's very charming. He needs glasses. He doesn't want to wear glasses, but he should wear glasses. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's it actually is a very charming, funny film, and it had a sequel that was not good, oh, okay. if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Yeah. No, it's uh, it shouldn't work. It does. It's funny, but... I do like baseball a lot as a as a spectator sport, but um, I don't like too many baseball films. I wonder if I would like Bull Durham watching it again. I liked it at the time. Would I like it now? I think if I could do an edit, I would like that movie a lot. Mm. The movie I prefer to Bull Durham is Tin Cup, which is also a Kevin Costner sports film directed by Ron Shelton. Okay, but I really like that movie because it's way more langur- like it's way more like laid back. It's so laid back; it feels like it's horizontal. But I I like that about a movie. I would see a movie called Laid Back. Laid Back. Number seven. Number seven. Sorry, we kind of whipped through that one. I just no, I just because there's not, not much to say except, hey, you know what? Is it on TV? Eh, watch it, and okay. then make sure it's not Major League Two. Okay, that's not good. Okay, I'll try and watch it. Okay, it's all right. It's all right. It's a good. It's an enjoyable film. I remember the theater I was in. It's at the Paradise. It was a seeing three movies that day. That was mm. one of them. Okay. <laughs> a lot of times, this is the reason I I see these movies. Yeah. It's not like I'd go out to see this movie. Yeah, yeah. But it it's is... like it's the middle film of three. I'll stick around. Sure. I've still got popcorn. Okay. Uh, Wag the dog. Yeah. All right. That, yeah. Speaking of that, isn't that written by? Uh, or maybe I'm wrong. I was going to say it's written by that guy who wrote. He's a, big, he's a big famous playwright who's directed movies. Are you talking David Mamet? Yes. Did he write Rag the Dog? Or am that I was my up? first assumption, but oh. I don't okay. know. Okay. Uh, and this was this was Dustin Hoffman? I think it's Dustin Hoffman. And basically they're creating... Robert De Niro? No, wait. I'll put, who is it? I think who's Robert it? De Niro's in it, yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, to the point where uh, it, it got mentioned so much on political shows for forever afterwards, I got a little sick of it just because it got mentioned <laughs> so much. It's wagging the dog. Yeah. And uh, no, I mean, it's a it's a very good cynical yep movie of its time. Like, uh, I mean, it's still it's part, sort of timeless, really. Is this the one that has the uh, the shoes on the on the wire, where they throw shoes on the wire, and it's like, and and it was like shoeless Joe or something. There's a song. I don't or I, that. I might be yeah. No. I, I confuse it sometimes with um, Bob Roberts. Okay, okay. You know, it's both uh, yeah. movies about politics that mm-hmm. were like cynical but interesting but funny. Yeah, yeah. What's it? What's kind of funny is that Wag the Dog, you know, where they they take the situation, make you know, create a create a dramatic, you know, create some sort of crisis. Yeah. And they're doing it to distract from something the president has done that's bad, right? 
think so. But it's funny because you can see that Trump is always trying to wag the dog. Mm-hmm. And does it ever work? I guess it must work because there's still people that that are supporting him. So they, they are accepting his view version of things. But this feels very strange. Like, it doesn't feel like he hires professionals oh, no, no, to, like, no. create these sort of wag-the-dog no, no, scenarios. No no, 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 He just, like, goes on Twitter and then says things. Because he thinks he knows what, what he's doing. He doesn't yeah. take advice. That's the thing. Yeah, okay. He always wants to be... He's, he made the huge mistake of he always wants to be the smartest guy in the room. Okay. And when you're the smartest guy in the room, you're a dumb guy. Because you uh, didn't bring <laughs> other smart people. Because other smarter people will make you smarter. Yeah. yeah. But if you're the, always the smartest guy in the room, <laughs> oh, boy, then that's... That's bad. It can only get worse. You're right? not going to get smarter talking to people who are dumber. Yeah, uh, that's not that's not going to happen. Huh. It's like, hey, how do I get stronger? I'm going to I'm going to lift less weight every day until I get stronger. Because look at me, I can lift it over my head. Wee! It's like, yeah, you're getting weaker and weaker every time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's interesting. This I would just think that's because I do believe that that's part of politics. It's so funny though. Sometimes, like when you look at uh, nowadays at like movies about corrupt politicians, mm-hmm. you just go, oh, "That'd be nice. That'd be fine." <laughs> at least that person gave a bit of a damn. Yeah, well, yeah. they seem to know sort of what's going on. Yeah, oh, yeah. the media is really on this. Good for mm-hmm. them. They're asking good questions. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't have point counterpoint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. That's right. We now have Adolf Hitler with the other view. What do you think, Adolf? Of it's yeah, it's curious. It's I mean, I do believe that that when you see a movie like that, you're like, mm, I believe this is what what goes on. I mean, I think this is yeah. you know, this is George Bush during sure. the 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 Kuwait. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, this yeah. is totally what this is. This is like this is like an election thing. The only thing I'd say that's a little bit of a problem with the movie is it seems too proud of itself. It seems a little smug. It, it seems like it yes. knows what it's doing. It does have that feeling of Hollywood liberal to it. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Here's here, by the way. Let me just say, I just I just realized what I think Trump is right now. Okay, Trump is that tablet that you took when you were in school that you chewed, and it would show ah, you. Yes. It would show you where you weren't, uh, where there's flaws in your teeth, where you were. We weren't brushing properly. You had brushing properly. You had plaque. Yeah. I think at the end of all this, he's the little orange tablet that you put mm. in America's mouth, mm. and they'll go like, "Here's all the weak spots." Mm. That we really need to repair now that uh, now that he's gone. Yeah, yeah, could be. Mine was purple. Okay, mine was great. It was fun though. I really thought friends. it was great. Yeah, <laughs> everyone liked it. I see why they didn't give us red ones because that would have been really cool. Hmm. All right, next movie after Wag of the Dog is number eight. Is this or number nine? This is number 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 eight. Okay. Uh, this is Spinal Tap. It's great. <laughs> fucking great it's great it's a perfect movie let's be yeah it is pretty much a perfect movie you're right yeah also it delivered again it's a movie that much like uh her disney is better than it should have been you didn't expect mm. these people like oh there's lenny from uh laverne and shirley i wonder what they're gonna oh and there's meathead yeah. from all in the family yeah. oh this, directing this, it. This, this should be fine yeah shit yeah, yeah. this is great yeah. these songs are great yeah that's uh, what is... and it's so natural mm-hmm. and so casual yeah and if you know music you get like a lot of jokes yeah like i remember you i saw it with you at one point yeah and you laughed at uh do you, you want to just run out of the clock uh in europe and you went like bands do that they'll just like go and tour europe and run out the clock there because you yeah. can still uh, make a living there and you yeah. laughed at that joke and went, i don't get that <laughs> but you get music jokes sure. that's fine yeah. or japan that's another place yeah. that you and can... then you're like hey there's paul schaefer He's hilarious in this. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, Artie Artie Fufkin. There's Billy uh, Crystal. My mime is money. I lo- yeah, everyone. Fran Drescher's great in it. Yeah, and you never saw her before when you saw that movie. No, and she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, the songs are outstanding. The mm-hmm. videos are bang on. Here's why that movie is good, though. I just can tell you why. Not afraid to edit. Not afraid to cut out. Mm. 
you know the the long stretches of the sure. film where where you're improvising and you're maybe a little you're just kind of working to a point but you're taking some time to get there right and that can happen and it's okay on stage if that happens because you're in a dynamic moment but when you're watching it on camera when you're watching it like in front of you on a monitor it doesn't really work the same because then there's a distance between you and what's happening and what's great is that Obviously, Reiner and the editor weren't afraid to go in and just chop and chop. And you can watch all that extra footage if you want. Sure. You can buy the DVD and there's like eight hours of extra. so much commentary and commentary in character and commentary on the commentary (laughs) in character. You can get all that stuff if you want. Or you can just watch this perfect film that was, you know, that was like taken out of the ground. And it was like this big lumpy thing. And they chopped it up into a perfect diamond, you know. Because it really is like, it's, it's a case of like, you know, find the story in the edit and then create this film around that, you know. And, and just wonderful moments. Yeah. The rock and roll, rock and yeah. roll. And they know when to be boring. Yeah. They know it can be boring and it's okay. And you actually care about the characters. Yeah. Which is which is shocking as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. At first you don't, but then you slowly over time you start, oh, oh they're breaking up the band? Like, this is Right. Terrible. And you had some, you had, listen, here's the thing about Rob Reiner. He's a good filmmaker. Like, mm-hmm. he knows he knows where to put the camera. He knows sure. what to do with the camera. Sure. And he knows how to duplicate things. Yeah. Like, he had enough time in front of the camera learning how you do all these things and by the way his uh his father is also amazing you see something yes. like even something right. like the man with two brains which is like an underrated once again film. a movie that is better than it should be just from the title itself you're like what a piece of go- this is a great movie yeah or even the jerk you know it's just like uh, the jerk's okay the jerk's okay but it's like it's got some really mm-hmm. good interesting weird scenes in yeah. it yeah yeah you know and, and i always gonna i'm always gonna bring up dead men don't wear plaid because that is just like yeah yeah it's like a movie just it's almost more of like about research than it is about oh, writing yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's like but again it's it such comes a great... from a love of film yeah you love film so much that you're able to do this and like mm-hmm. Whoever was involved in this knew these musical styles so well, yeah. and knew the music documentary style so well that oh, they yeah. were able to like do it perfectly. And then I I love that when they performed live, they would be their own opening act as a folk band that later was a folk band in their folk movie, A Mighty Wind. But Win. for this film, they actually didn't do that. No, they did not. They opened as a they were an opening act for actual bands though, so they yeah. would be at actual concerts, yeah. doing their. And what's also great about the the movie, what I thought was really great when I saw it with with you is, and I've talked about it in the show before, because it parallels something that I had done with a friend, which I had created this pretend character who was like a '60s, uh, you know, rock star or whatever. And then I just went through all the phases of the '60s with this character. He starts off as sort of like the bluesy, you know, kind of ro- early Rolling Stones yeah. guy, and then psychedelic music comes in, and then it's hard rock music, and then stuff like that, you know. So, and they did the same thing. They started off as this beat group, you know, playing you know this music and then they they, they turn into this hippie band yeah. cups you know, and cakes doing their psychedelic songs and then they then they you know then oh heavy metal music or, or hard rock's becoming popular led zeppelin's led zeppelin's coming in uh you know black sabbath and whatnot so we got to change with the time so now we're we're a hard rock band you know and it's just this you know constant evolving that's you know you could i guess they could pretty much like the pretty things is who they really are imitating in a, in a big way i think that's sort of their template as a band. That was always my thing with uh, when they did later movies or later things. Is I I always thought like, well, no, they changed with the times to what they were. They were they were compromisers. They would uh, change yeah. completely. Yeah. So it's like, well, what's music now? Well, what would they be now? Yeah. And yet they've they stayed the same band with the same style and same look. And it's yeah. like mm, yeah. maybe or like, wouldn't they try to sell out? Yeah. and do wouldn't they've been doing hair metal in the eighties? When they've been doing like yeah, doing power ballads and you know getting like uh, Diane Warren in to co-write uh, some you know sure overwrought song with well the singers like crying in the rain singing to the sky 
yeah, like that's that would have been totally what they've been trying to do. You know, they would have been too old for that. Yeah, but which is that been great? Funnier, yeah, yeah. that's been great. You know, or like trying to cash in on like <laughs> trying to cash in like on um, the whole uh, British rock scene of the you know of uh, Brit rock, you know, whatever it was called at that time, like Oasis and, Bl- yep. and Blur and whatnot. Trying to be part of that, that you know, that yeah, that'd be great. Like my, their version of Supersonic and my friend, uh, my friend uh, Gina Almeida uh, bought me the album once in a store, and no one had ever bought me anything like that before. Mm. Just like spontaneously bought me an album. Yeah, and uh, she was buying a Black Flag album for herself, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, what? And it's like, oh, you like that uh, movie? Yeah, oh, here you go. What? And it just made no <laughs> sense that someone would buy me something. Yeah. It was just so weird. And I just listened to that to death. That's uh, good so much. It's a good album. I can hear. My, I can hear my landlord downstairs. Oh. Everyone be cool and their kid, which is nice. They were <laughs> adorable. Hello. Cool. Oh, that's all right. Sure. That's, all right. that's a little bit of uh, audio verite there. Yeah. So verite. So uh, the upshot of that, Sarah, is that we like that movie. We yeah. we like your choice. By the way, in ca- I'm just saying in case you hear like a, a child in the background, it's not a ghost. Mm. Mm. The next one is a movie that I have seen a little bit of, but I've never seen all of it. But it does sound really interesting to me. Okay. And it has Leslie Ann Warren in it. Oh. Vavavoom. I have never seen it. Clue. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought the movie was called Vavavoom. No, no. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Well, Dave, even if you've yeah. seen the movie, yeah. you haven't seen the movie. I know because they had different endings. For yeah. It, which I think is really clever. And I wish, I wish, I mean, it was, a, it was a board game that I loved as a kid. This was just so nonsensical. I just loved all the names. You've of now had uh, two Michael McKeon films in a row. Is Michael McKeon in it? Yes. Cool. And Tim Curry is in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's her name from Blazing Saddles? Madeline Kahn. Is in it? Okay. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's a really good cast, and they're all having She's fun. She's not Miss Scarlet. She would be. No. I'd look it up, but you won't let me. No. Nope. Uh, Karen, what's her name? Um, no, it's uh, no, it's good. It's good fun. It's uh, It bounces along at a good pace. Yeah. And if you get the DVD, you can watch all the, the endings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I saw a little bit of it on TV one time, but I I kind of came in at a late point, and it's hard to hard to understand a film like that that is so, comp you know it's plot yeah. driven and very complicated film with a lot of red herrings and, and MacGuffins and whatnot. You know what's a strange thing? Video game movies never work. Yeah, and I'll just say that never work. Never work. Never work. Yeah. Uh, find one. It's never worked. Like which one has worked? No, they haven't. But board game movies, yeah. once in a while, will work. Okay, so Clue is an example of one. Uh, Clue is an example of one. And Battleship isn't that bad. I've not seen Battleship. It's really not that bad. It's with, got a very funny opening. With Taylor Kitsch? Yeah, it's... And it's Rih- Rihanna, it's, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's actually not too bad. Is Liam Neeson in that film? Ooh, I don't that's think a so. good question. I don't think so. It's someone else of that sort of vintage. No, thing. there's some people that you go, oh, that person. Mm-hmm. And then you go, that all makes sense. I, I always think of that movie as being like a film from that... Is it the Orchard? No, not the Orchard. The you know the company that makes like Transmorphers. Yes. Or that's what that movie seems like to me. Yes, it does seem that way. It's like they were they 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 whatever that company is, they did it to themselves. Yeah. I think they all they like Birdemic and stuff like that, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Sharknado and all this. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, I don't know. Okay, if number this ten. Is you is can this nine do, or ten? This is ten. Ten. This is actually 10 to 18. Oh, have we got 18? No. Okay. Harry Potter. Ah, uh, all right. All eight of them. But if I absolutely had to choose one, you got to choose I'd the choose good one. two. If she had to choose one, she'd choose two. What kind of magic trick is this? So that's what she says. Doesn't know math. It's <laughs> bad math. <laughs> Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Wow. Which is. And. The... Okay. Or. And or. 
and bracket or and slash or half blood prince. Mm. Okay, which is the one? And I don't <laughs> want to say what it does, but which is the it's one fun. where Hermione has the spinner? That's the best one, and that's uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. That's the best one by far. Oh, for sure. By far. For- it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Alfonso Cuaron, so it's of course it's great. It's got a twist to it that's like great. It Im- it's not just that. It improves It improves on the ending of the book. Okay. It has the same kind of time time stuff, ha- time jumping happening in the book, but it does it better in the movie. It s- stages it better in the film. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that the first two Harry Potter films aren't that good. They're actually boring movies to me. The first Harry Potter film, mm, I didn't mind the first boring. One. The second Harry Potter film, Chamber of Secrets, boring. Yeah, not so much with that one. Okay. Then you get to Prisoner of Azkaban, and it's so good. Yeah. And the characters are good. And he changes the architecture of the school a yeah. little bit. It makes it better. He changes where Hagrid's house is and makes it Yeah, you really better. get a good sense of place. He lets the kids dress in, in their own kind of street clothes. They're not always in constantly in their in their school clothes. So you get some you get to, them to have their own characters. And they were allowed to choose the clothes they wore mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, each actor could choose their own clothes to, to wear as their character. And so that's cool. So you let the actor's personality right. as their character come out. I mean, these guys, these kids are playing these characters in a lot of movies. That to, one, that to me is the best one. I mean, I, but I'm not going to argue. I think I really, I really also liked the second to last film, the, the first part of the two-parter okay. of the Deathly Hallows. Was I, that the one where they went camping for a long time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it had a good end. It had a good ending to it with mm-hmm. the the death of of uh, creature. Yeah, or not not creature. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking no, about. No, Dobby. Yeah. Dobby dies. Okay, I was trying to block you from saying it, but go ahead. Oh well, come on. It's been around for a long time. I think people yeah. people should and can know that. All right. Um, I can, do you want me to bleep it no, out? No, it's fine. Okay. No creature survives. <laughs> creature. creature lives forever. Creature. And that was really affecting, and I felt like the the second movie. It made some choices that I thought were were bad, and they took away the community aspect of Harry Potter's valiant effort against Voldemort, mm. and turned into a mano a mano fight, very American, which is against the idea of of the book. It's a very American thing. So for me, as a book lover, whenever a movie perverts or twists the meat, the like the the whole idea of the book, yeah. It just drives me insane, and it kind of sours it for me. So and that, also, they should have had, uh, sorry, not in that one, but in the later one, uh, Lovegood should have had friends on her ceiling. That's the one. That's the final that movie. Definitely yeah. Hells, yeah. yeah. They should have gone to her house, and they should have found that. That, that was a great scene in the book. It's a great, it's a, such a touching scene in the book. Because she's in trouble. Yeah. She's been captured. So we know that she's in danger. Yeah. And then they find that, and, and it just gives this connection to her yeah. from between them. And it's so important in the book. That, like, that Go moment. get her. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because she's such a great character, and the movie just drops out entirely, and just makes it about the dad being a being a kind of a a dithering dummy that tries to trap them, and it's just bad. Yeah, I see what you're saying about the first film, but here's what I'm going to say: It's like I think if you had that amount of detail and richness in the third film, in the first film, yeah. I don't know if it would necessarily have worked. I think you almost needed. No, to no, but the, those movies are rich. And detailed. No, it's I just that they're they're not. But they really do take you. They, they take you by the hand and they lead you through things really yeah. gentle way. Because the 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 concepts are pretty wild. I that, guess. You know, I, I get it. You're a kid. You're smart. You can probably absorb all this. They can get it. But like by the time we're in their third movie, it's like we get it, right? Okay, <laughs> here we go. You yeah. know, it's the same thing with the Marvel movies. You know, you can't start with like all the Avengers at the airport fighting and a guy growing and throwing a jet at someone. You can't do that. Yeah, you yeah. got to start with Iron Man. Well, that's you true. Start with 
here's a guy in a car That's and true. some stuff happens. We're going to build okay. our way up. But by yeah. the time you get to that, okay, look, you get it, right? Ant-Man could shrink. Let's do it. We, we get you it. You could say that, but I mean, the first movie, movie has a giant, a giant on a, on a motorbike come crashing through a door. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you're starting off like, you're starting off c- cuckoo. Yeah, well, that's background shit, though. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, like, even... Ugh, why am I even doing this? Uh, th- that's the kind of stuff, like, in, let, let me say instead, on a better movie. That's like Star Wars. Okay. Where you'll see a bunch of crazy shit in the background, but we're never going to follow up on these characters. Yeah, yeah. We don't need we're gonna, to. We're going to stay with Luke. We're sure. going to stay with simple okay. Luke. Okay. You know, the, but, like, who's that guy in the background that looks like a demon? What's his deal? <laughs> what is it? What's his? What's he up to? Yeah. What are these guys it's a, doing? It's a costume they found in the costume department. Sure. It's fine. What is over here? Yeah. By the way, I, I do recommend you watching uh, at some point Richard Pryor at the Star Wars bar. It's pretty good. He just like goes around to all those guys and just makes fun of all of them. It's pretty okay. weird. I'm glad. Oh, oh, I'm going to let you say that. I'm just going to say to everyone out there yeah. that Ian and I have kind of an unspoken Star Wars uh, ban that's going on in the show now. Very good. We're not allowed to talk about Star Wars anymore. I think we've over-talked. I, I, but think, it was we're, amazing. I think we're allowed to talk about it for a minute. We're literally a Star Wars minute. It was that's amazing. The podcast I'd like to start. Last time, you brought up something really great that I really enjoyed as a discussion about oh, Star Wars. Oh, that, yeah. That was really interesting. Just that idea of the, of like George Lucas taking all these sort of things that we we know are like, we, we're told are influences, but where are they in the movie? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. And it, yeah, I, I thought okay, that was a fun Potter, part of it. Then. But Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm. I'm a, I, well, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I've read the book t- series twice. If you and here's a here's the thing. If you've watched all the Harry Potter movies, you're like I'd like a little something like this. Well, let me just tell you. Oh, okay. Let me lay a this out thing for called, you. Little thing called the uh, where where to find uh, extraordinary creatures. Oh no! Don't don't be doing that. That's full of Johnny <laughs> Depp and shit. Don't be doing that. Um, okay. Here's what you want to do. You want to go and see this old movie, and it's also a Chris Columbus movie. I don't think he directed it, but I believe he wrote okay. it. You know which one I'm going to say? Nope. Okay. Wait, can I guess? Actually, sure. is it about a famous British detective? It is. Is he young? Yes. Is he named Sherlock? Yes. Is his last name Ferdinand? Yes. Young Sherlock Ferdinand? Yeah, he's a bull, and he uh, <laughs> he's lonely, and he solves mysteries so, in a china shop. So close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, young Sherlock Holmes. Yes, you will watch it and you go like, "Man, this is reminding me of mm. uh, Harry Potter." Okay, and then it, and then it, it at a certain point it turns and becomes Temple of Doom. Like uh, it just yes. goes like <laughs> a hard turn, hard turn into it. Uh, but it's got some creepy scenes in it yeah, as yeah. well. That's a good yeah. movie. I like it. Yeah, uh, but again, there's a Chris uh, Columbus connection there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy his stay on uh, the, in the Harry Potter films. That's fine. I just find his directing style is. Very wooden and kind of lumpy. He moved along. He went along, and he. I'm glad he did. He went. He did it. And I wish that Alfonso Cuarón had done more more than one movie. But yeah, I feel yeah. Like, I feel like he just kind of dipped in. Like this sounds kind of fun. Was to he Itumama uh, Tambien? Yeah, he Tambien? was Gravity. Yeah. He was uh, one of my all-time favorite films, uh, Children of Men. Yep. Yes, those are Cuarón films. And you know how you know they're Cuarón films? Long takes. <laughs> Much like us. We'll give you our long takes on these things. We'll give you our long takes. And that's uh, his long take. So there you go. Thanks. So, I'd, so But yeah, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to actually hear from listeners about the Harry Potter films. If you're a fan of those sure. movies, were you were you like me and my daughter Eve, disappointed when you went to see the second film in the, in the uh, two-parter of the Deathly Hallows? Did, Did you, you, were you bothered by how he looked old 
uh, at the end and it was not good old makeup because no one could do old makeup for some reason. Again, except the Marvel movies seem to be able to do young makeup all right. <laughs> no one can do old makeup? No. Everyone looks awful. Who does good old makeup? Oh, wait. I can I can think of one. Suspiria. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And because it's so shocking, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like it's so it's good and yeah. so it actually becomes a news story that people talk about how good <laughs> and weird it is that it's good. Yeah. That's yeah. so unusual. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just ugh. We're we're still not not a million miles away from uh, Star Trek, the first series. Uh, them just whitening up the hair and drawing the lines on the eyes, like I'm old now. It's like no, you're not, because all those actors we've seen them at the age that they are yeah. in that, and it's yeah. like not even close, not even <laughs> no. close to how people look when they're old. <laughs> no, your skin, hey! your skin gets a lot looser. Yeah, it's weird. Like uh, again, uh, Dick Van Dyke plays like an old man in Mary Poppins. Have you seen the movie? Uh, not the new one, but in the old one, he played an old man in Mary Poppins. Oh, and uh, the old banker. Uh, and it's oh, like that's right. I forgot that. Right, he's basically the age that Dick Van Dyke is now, and you yeah. go like, well, this is what Dick Van Dyke looks like now. Well, and again, you're trying to play an old old man. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. But it's not what old people look like. Yeah, we never come close to what they look like. You know, for real when what they're a, old. What about Dustin Hoffman and uh, little, little little big man? Little big man. We'll have to see. He's not that age yet. <laughs> what was he like? A hundred and four. Something. Or yeah, something like off he the top? really is old in that in that in that movie. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So let me just. I just want to see if Sarah had anything more to say. Sure. So, she has a current addendum. Oh, no. <laughs> Not an addendum. So, sorry. She goes, I'm still okay with my panic picks, but since most of the others threw extras in there, I have to give honorable mention to okay. Tim's Vermeer. All right. Yeah, very much. Again, there's another uh, Penn and Teller yeah, so uh, situation there. Which was fighting with Clue and Wag the Dog for placement in the bottom no, five. No, it's, it's, it's quite a beautiful movie. It's interesting seeing it kind of break down. Okay, this is interesting because listen to this. But since you guys oh. already talked about it okay, years well, ago, fuck that. All right, and Ian sorry. didn't like it. What? I rather, didn't like it? Or rather, didn't like the idea of it. Oh, I don't like the idea of it, but I think it's a well-done movie. Okay, I hope maybe you gave it a chance and saw it at some point. Okay. I was hesitant to include it. Never be hesitant. But screw it, I love it so much, and it brings up great ah. questions about art versus technology, sure. where the line between them is drawn, how much the line really matters. I'm a musician, and I've seen some pretty amazing technology become widely available and change the art form between when I started recording early 90s and today, okay. so it's somewhat directly relatable to my life. It's also a fascinating historical mystery possibly being solved before our eyes. Sure. You don't have to talk about it again, but okay. damn it, I'm putting it on my list. Fair enough. I personally, I don't think he solves the mystery. I think he gives mm, us a possible yeah. answer, but I think because there are actual artists who do not use the system that that uh, Tim uses in the movie right. to copy Vermeers, there are forgers who have forged wonderful Vermeers, made their own Vermeers with their own hand, by their own hand, without yeah. a, without the use of mirrors and all the rest of it as, as painters. It's possible that Vermeer. As a professional artist, mm-hmm. and not as a guy who is an engineer who invented uh, the two cans in a hat with two straws going into your mouth uh, thing, they made a lot of money from it, so that he able to spend a lot of time working out some system of how to sure. how to learn how to paint. As someone who had to make a living doing it, which was Vermeer, and so he couldn't spend nine months of his life carefully copying a, a mirrored image. Um, I just don't think it's what what really happened, and. Yeah, I know that they go. Don't they in the movie go to talk to the painter? I can't remember his name now. He's a British painter. Anyway, they go to talk to him, and he he has the same suggestion. He he also tried to use a shadow box, but his was a bit different, and it's not quite as successful as how the guy in, in Tim's Vermeer oh, okay. the technology. What he develops is really a smart idea. 
what um, this painter, gosh darn it, I wish, this is one of those tip on the tongue names. What he suggested is is a slightly more primitive technology and it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work as, as well as what, what uh, the fellow in the movie de- develops. But the fact is, is that that painter they talked to, while being a popular and you know successful kind of modern painter, he's not that talented a painter. Mm. He's not at the level of guys who are imitating you know Vermeers and Van Goghs and whatnot at the turn of the 20th century, after the war, when they could like sell these paintings because no one knew what the heck happened to them, and you could just sort of dribble them out into the market and make a lot of money if you wanted to. Like those guys are really talented painters. Right. Sure, they were copyists. They weren't like original painters. Like blah blah blah. That guy whose name I can't remember. I'm sorry. Very famous painter. <laughs> I can't remember what his name is. I'm sorry. It's so on the tip of my tongue, though. It's really maddening. Because every time I'm about to say his name, Vincent Van Gogh. My name, my, my my mind goes, and his name is, and then it just goes. Reach. And then I think of the woman from uh, Robocop. Nancy. <gasps> Not coming to me. Okay. Oh, driving home tonight. Gonna remember. Okay. I can tell you right now because oh, I got so many Nancys in my name in my mind now, and none of them are who it is. Nancy Ellen. That's who it is, right? I don't know. You won't let me look it up. Well, you can look it up now because I've said it. I'm right. Nancy Ellen. I pictured in my mind. This is going to be wrong. <laughs> let's sure. let's have that moment of wrongness come, everyone. Sure. Let's have this train run over me. Okay. Robocop. Yeah. Here we go. We're, we're doing it. We're doing this. We're, doing we're going everyone. through it. I All really right. don't like doing it, but. Nancy Ellen. Oh, yeah. Boo, boo, boo. Ronnie, boo. Ronnie Cox. Boo, 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 Kurt Wood Smith. Miguel Ferra. Wasn't he creepy on that 70s show as the dad? Yes. Because you knew him from yeah. Robocop and you're just like, there's no way that man can be a dad. He's yeah, just a creepy guy. Yeah, you talking about he'll kick your ass. He will. He'll yeah, kick he your will. ass. He'll, he'll blow your hand off. He'll, he'll blow, blow your hand right off. off. He'll drive you over you. You better not be doing anything in your bedroom with your hand because he's going to blow that hand right off. You're not going to have any uh, any teenage fun. Yes. Yeah. That and, is correct. And uh, the new Robocop, ad, it, it wasn't terrible, but it was just like, why are we doing this? What's the point? It was boring, and it was a first-person shooter shooter movie. Yeah, but it was still, but it was like, better than Robocop 2 and Robocop 3. Okay, I've not seen those movies, so I'll take your word. Maybe I have seen those movies. When, now that Back I think when it was it. like, hey, you know what? Frank Miller's doing t- t- movies. Ooh. Do you know what's, okay, I have seen, I think I've seen scenes from, I think I saw the beginning of 2. And I remember thinking to myself when I was watching it, I've that, got other things to do. Yeah, that. But also, if you think of the Paul Verhoeven one, mm-hmm. it feels like a full. It feels like a real full world. But when you watch Robocop two, it feels like an empty, yeah, studio lot. Yeah, like that. People, it's un- uninhabited. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, feel like a real right. lived-in world. Yeah, it's weird. This is a difference between like someone who knows how to direct and someone who doesn't know how to direct. I think is a there you are. Because Paul Verhoeven did a movie that I don't. Okay, I like the idea of it. House like of Buggin? The one with the... Storm, Starship Troopers. House of Buggin, yeah, that's what's House of Buggin. The thing about Starship Troopers, which I think if it was called anything else, I would like it a lot. Mm-hmm. But because it's based on the Robert Heinlein book, Starship Troopers, which I love as a book, and it as a movie, and you know, I can understand, you don't want to make a movie about a fascist military society where people, where it's all about like how good it is to be a soldier. <laughs> that's what the book's about. Yeah. It's not done ironically. It's done seriously. Like Heinlein, Heinlein is a is a writer who goes, I wonder if society was like this, what would it be like? And then he just pursues that thought to the en- to the nth degree, mm-hmm. you know? Like his book, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, is about how you run, ter- how you have terrorist cells, how you have, like, here's how, here's how you have a terrorist organization. So he's, like, suggesting to terrorists, like, before there was the Bader-Meinhof gang and stuff like that, who were selled terrorist groups that did not know each other, mm-hmm. but were operating 
together, but without knowing each other, so that they couldn't give each other's identities away if they were captured. And so he writes this whole book about how to have a terrorist organization in this revolutionary revolution on the moon. And he just explores it. So he has one book about how great it would, how great a military society is that soldiers only people who can vote are soldiers because they're they're the only ones who understand sacrifice. Yeah. And he puts together this society, and you read about this society through half the book, and then halfway through the book, they're suddenly attacked by bugs, and so all all of their what they've learned is put to the test. That's really interesting as a book. I don't know if it would work as a movie, but no one's ever made that movie. They made a different movie. They made a yeah. movie that parodies fascist society parodies our modern society as a as a future society that's leading towards a, a fascism it's basically what starship troopers by paul verhoeven is yeah and it's really good yeah but because it destroys the book i can't like it fair enough so it's you got a real again, blade runner issue here yeah blade runner or as we we're talking about um that other book that one that um sorry i was just looking through sarah's list uh, maybe it was just a movie that i mentioned unrelated to something that, <laughs> something or one of the other movies that uh that uh, anyway, so before we go, because I think we're getting sure. close to the end of the show, we are. I just want to say, uh, maybe people haven't seen it, but last week when I posted the show, I also posted a list of some of my because we talked a little bit about it, but I felt like we kind of got derailed, which okay. was our favorite Christmas films. Okay, yeah. And so what I normally do, which is to go onto the TCM website and go through their schedule right. of movies that are coming up. So I went through and I I picked some of my favorite Christmas films that they're showing on TCM. Yes. And I made a, a schedule of them. So if anyone's interested, last week there's a comment on the website that has a bunch of my favorite Christmas films, including Christmas in July, Connecticut, or Connecticut Christmas, Shop Around the Corner. Debbie Does Christmas. Bachelor Mother, which is, was on uh, last night. Star Wars Holiday Special. No, those are not in my thing. And Bachelor Mother, which you missed, I think. I did miss it, yes. But I it's coming it. on next week It's going to be on next week because the thing about Canadian... TCM is they can't show the same movies often as American TCM because of licensing. Ah, so separate licensing, and so some movies are licensed to different companies in in Canada than they are in the states. Gotcha. So TCM has the license in the states, but in Canada, for instance, the film The Holly and the Ivy, which I just read about in a book of, in a book of Christmas movies, and it's a British film based on a play about uh, an an old older uh, like vicar, uh, you know, like a church, like a clergyman yep. in England. Uh, played by Ralph Richardson and his two daughters, like his family who come to visit him during the holidays and their kind of relationship with each other. And it sounds like a really interesting film. And it's on Sunday, the 23rd on American TCM. Ah. So if you live in America, you can watch that movie. And it sounds really interesting. I can't see it because I live in Canada and we have, it's licensed to someone else, I guess. And because CBC no longer plays British movies for us, because nowadays Britain, blah, like when we grew up as kids, we got to see British films all the time in right. the evening on on CBC. But those are those days are gone, so uh, it's unlikely that I'll see that film. So please, someone watch it and let me know if it was. Any you know good. what I think you should do? Move to the states. I think you should. Uh, you live so close to the states; it's ridiculous to the point where you go and see movies in the states. <laughs> yeah. What I would say you should do is you go to a flea bag uh, motel, uh, check in, <laughs> and watch it. I, nah. I can't afford it. Also, it's a 23rd and I have uh, dinner that night. Very good. At my in-laws. All right, then. That's fine. So that's more important. But go and check Dave's list. Yes, it's, please. It's fun. Please watch those movies. And anyone, I know that one of our listeners, Ken, I'm talking to you. I know that one of one of our listeners uh, watched Bachelor Mother. Uh-huh. 
And I just want to know what you thought of it. Did you like it? Did you think it's an unheralded, really good Christmas movie? And probably one of the last good, like, kind of screwball comedies as well. Is it The Christmas Cat's Meow? It is The Christmas Christmas Cat's Pajamas. Very good. Uh, by the way, uh, we're wishing you uh, best of the season. Uh, Merry Christmas. That's we will right. Not, I'm sorry. We will not be uh, talking to you again until after the holidays. So yes. uh, I hope uh, it's not stressful. I hope it's fun. I mm. hope it's relaxing. I hope you have enough to eat. Uh, don't uh, don't sweat the presents. Uh, people forget about them almost instantly afterwards. Don't worry You're about right. it. You're right. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. That's what I said to Lisa last night, actually. She was kind of looking at shirts for her dad. I just walked over and I said, so did you get him a coupon to white spot? And she said, yeah. I said, just give him that and a card. That's all he That's wants. That's absolutely fine. That's all he wants from you. Just yeah. say something nice in the card to your 80-year-old dad. He'll love it. Yep. There you go. And uh, and uh, plan a board game for later on in the evening. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. I have, Luckily, my, my, my children are uh, ace board game nuts. So uh, There you are. Hopefully, oh, I'll probably have people over, though. Oh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm just hoping we can do some pandemic legacy. <laughs> we've had so much, we've had so much trouble getting together. We just haven't been able to get through the game. There's a good recommendation for pandemic. Oh legacy. my god, it's so good. I'm trying to think. Do you know? Do you know pandemic? You know the game pandemic, yeah. right? I think I know mostly because a friend of mine reviewed it uh, on their okay. video okay. Uh, channel for. So pandemic But I've also legacy, heard it from other friends who like played it. Yeah. Pandemic legacy is like a crazy game, though. Okay, it's kind of expensive. It's kind of expensive because you can only play it once, and you only play it once. But you can play them months because it's so difficult. You'll end up playing months a few times trying to get through them. Like it's really tricky. And you have to really strategize and think about what you're doing. And it's really fun and super surprising. To play. <laughs> like it's so much fun. So I highly recommend that game. Nice. Uh, at some point in the future, maybe we'll design a Sneaky Dragon game. <laughs> sure. We'll see what we can do. Uh, and I'm uh, going to throw a plug out here for a couple of things. One, uh, hey, if you haven't bought uh, your Christmas gifts yet for your youngins, you know what's good? Books. You know what's a good book? Sparks. Yeah. Uh, Dave colored it. I wrote it. Nina Matsumoto drew it. It's about two cats who dress up like a dog. It's, uh, it's on book. some best of lists and whatnot, and uh, people like it, and you should uh, buy it, and we're going to uh, do some more. I so, realize why it's on some best of lists. What's that? Because it's really good. Yay! And last night I was at the store and I took it off the shelf and put it onto a display. Listen, I'm not recommending that people do that. I'm not recommending that people take it off a shelf and put it in a better location. I'm not recommending that you do that. If you do, that's fine. Take a picture of it. That's good. Uh, I'm not recommending you do exactly Lisa, what I do every time I'm at a store. Lisa, take a picture of it. Excellent. That's exactly what you should do. Uh, another good book if uh, for the older folks uh, is uh, We the People. My wife, uh, Pia, did it. It's a uh, book of editorial cartoons that are somewhat brilliant. And that's also available uh, online and or in shops. And uh, I've got a comic book out uh, that you can find in comic book stores. I do with uh, Giselle legacy called exorcisters we're on issue number three as of this week uh and uh, the first arc has five uh five issues to it uh, it's not too late to get on board uh that and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep doing it uh but uh, again that's been uh, that's been on some best of uh mm-hmm. lists as well yeah. which has been nice and people seem to like it so why not pick that up and getting if you do some, let me know what you think getting some good attention and do, if you remember last week i mentioned that giselle said she was going to send me some books and they came the other day yay really nice. thanks giselle I'll and, just send a thank you. And they're me. sexy. They are very sexy. Sexy books in the mail makes your <laughs> Christmas happy and fun. You get some tail. <laughs> sure, as well. That's also a thing. Yay. Uh, and, and yeah, next uh, issue four, by the way, of, uh, of Exorcisters has a little sneaky dragon uh, tribute on the cover. So 
Double double plus could also have an ad in it. It could do, yeah. I don't know if I really want to bring people in for the ads and just go, "Hey, why don't you pick it up and read that ad for the podcast?" I'm just mentioning that already. Yeah, Dave did an ad that'll be in the back of it. So, so they we we did an ad that'll be we did a bad uh, a bad ad a bad bad ad (laughs) that'll be in there. Yeah, and also I'm going to try and convince Dave to see uh, the new Spider-Man movie as I want to see that uh, with him because I I love that movie quite a bit. So we'll see what we do. Uh, but we're going to go off now to get a little uh, nosh to eat. Our friend uh, Vicky Van has just showed up. She is playing a Spider-Man game right now, trying to <laughs> beat a level Spider-Man, that Spider-Man. we have been trying to beat for about a week now. Uh, she's now using the Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man suit. Let's see if that helps in any way. And uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we've got uh, other podcasts such as the CQ Dragon Listening uh, party uh, you might want to check out. We've also got our... Yep, totally the newest tinted. episode drop, dropped last Wednesday. So Boom. it's episode four. Uh, we just completed our Completely Marks podcast doing every Marks Brothers uh, movie. We did uh, Totally Tintin and Completely Beatles doing the Tintin books and the and the Beatles uh, uh, albums, all of them. So uh, you might want to check those out. If you want to listen to more stuff over the holidays, there you go. And again, happy holidays. Merry Christmas from Ian. Oh, and David. And Ian. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about something. Ho, ho. <laughs> Nothing. Should I pay attention to the end of the show? Yeah, no, bit of a silent night there. Mm-hmm.